Broadcasting from Carbondale and Southern Illinois' premier comic shop. And now your host, superlative shaman of comic book knowledge, Dan Brown. Flash the mat signal in case of emergency for your host with the most on his mind, Matt Morton. Watch out, criminals. There's nothing funny to him about truth, justice, and the American way. It's Commander Harris himself, Scott Reed. And tuning in from the far reaches of no man's land, the mad scientist dream leader, Mike Ho. This is Campus Comics Cast. Hey, welcome to a new episode of the Campus Comics Cast. This is our monthly uh, look at the previews. Uh, we are looking at the previews magazine for November, with, or I'm sorry, for September, with products starting to ship in November. Uh, this is Dan Brown. Mike's not here tonight with us, and uh, but I am joined with by Matt Martin and Scott Reed. And we are coming to you from inside Campus Comics at 816E Main Street, Suite B. Uh, phone number 618-457-6011, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, previews and uh, things coming out here in a couple months. Uh, if you hear something that you like, it, you're interested in, something you want us to order, first off, it's always a great idea, because that way we guarantee, for the most part, that you get what you want. Uh, we're going to... Try to have orders in by September 25th, so if there's something you want, let us know before then. Uh, there's always a chance we can still get it in, but that's kind of the best way to hedge your bets. Especially the more rarefied a thing that you get, yeah. the less or, likely it is or that you Marvel, can get it back in it turns out. Right. I was going to say, figure. the only exception to that is Marvel books, because <laughs> that's real hit and miss. Although, you know, I mean, honestly, sometimes with DC, as long as you don't mind a second printing, yeah. you're okay. But, you know, right. this stuff does go to second print, so if you're a collector and you want to be a first print, uh, in your collection, then you know it kind of behooves you to let people know what you want. So we're going to start with the DC catalog. Well, I noticed this month that DC is taking a uh, page out of Marvel's books and not putting page numbers on every page like they had been doing. That was a little mm. frustrating with the catalog this time. Oh, yeah. yeah, they are. I didn't even notice Yeah. So it's like, uh, skip three, four, five, six. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Jump to seven. Yeah, so on the inside front cover, though, we do have this guide now to how uh, things are structured at DC as far as their we're getting rid of imprints goes so we have the dc kids young adults just dc and then black label so kind of streamlining their imprints there and really just sort of delineating them by age group is that the first time they put that in the previous catalog? i feel like it might be it but it might just be yeah. the first time i've noticed it yeah. you, does it look familiar to you guys well, I, I was gonna say the same thing if it's been there before i yeah. just didn't notice it it's also i mean it's it's basically the same system as video games yeah yeah I mean, you basically have an e for everyone a t right. you know and again, just, you know, as we'll go through this, just weird things that have been grouped into Black Label now just by right, default. Right. When black because label, it belongs nowhere else. Yeah, so because Black, black label. label wasn't supposed to be in a yep. mature reader's imprint, but it is now it by is default. Now. Well, that's, again, to make another comparison, it's like movies where everything that doesn't fit into PG-13 is automatically R. Right. So uh, starting off on page one, mm -hmm. we have Batman White Knight Presents, Von Freeze number one. So this is just sort of a standalone one-shot, kind of going into the history of Mr. Freeze and his family, which has sort of been alluded to in the White Knight miniseries. It's going to be cool to get a whole book with art by Claus Jansen, though. Yeah. You don't get a lot of that anymore. Mm -hmm. no. Nope. And he's, and he's doing a variant cover, because mm -hmm. I think Sean Murphy's doing the standard, I think, right? Yep. Oh, yep. look at that, Matt. Cardstock covers. Yep. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's that's all through here. You're like You're going to pay that extra dollar. Yep. Oh, yeah. You guys said I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. Did we? 
Did we really? I don't know. I feel oh, like okay. I, was, I mean not about. I feel like I was scoffed at about. Maybe that. not about that. Well, yeah. I mean, I am crazy, <laughs> but it doesn't mean <laughs> I was wrong. Probably some other things. Yeah. Uh, page two, Dollhouse, another uh, Joe Hill book, uh, which, as was stated last time, would have been a Vertigo book. Yeah, I just can't. Right. I mm-hmm. can't. Look, I'm excited about all the the Hill House stuff I've seen so far, but I cannot make my brain not think of these as Vertigo books. Oh yeah, they just. They are Vertigo books, man. Well, uh, well, <laughs> it's so weird. You're going to feel that way for a while because yeah. it's been around for so long, and we're still getting pro- you know projects that probably yeah, were supposed yeah. to be Vertigo. I think what's crazy is that like when I read Second Coming at Ahoy and I read stuff at Image that I know was originally a Vertigo product, project, somehow it doesn't register that way for me, but, but it's DC, and yeah. I see the DC label on it, and my brain's like, not Vertigo? That's so weird. And you're right. Like said, it's it's going to be that way for a while. They kept it separate for so long. Yeah. Like Swamp Thing did not come into the DC yeah. universe proper. And now we got Hellblazer in this guy. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, and, well, and then last month, this wasn't marked as a DC Black Label book, and this month it is. Yeah, it was just listed yeah. as Hill House. Mm-hmm. I think. No, exactly. they, it, it was. Was you sure? Yeah, they have they're, say, they're saying Hill House is an imprint within an imprint that is Black Label. <laughs> well, okay. that's so much less confusing, Dan, when you put it like that. Same thing with the next yeah. uh, issue, yeah. Far Sector Number 1, which is part of DC's Young Animal, mm-hmm. but it has now been folded into Black Label. Black Label. Which is funny because, right, I remember when Young Animal started and Vertigo was kind of a shell of itself and i remember reading somebody's review of the first young animal books and saying this is just old vertigo that's exactly just by what this, i thought it's when old I saw vertigo it. and i remember picking him up and thinking yeah that is exactly what this is it feels sufficiently mature but also sufficiently like kooky and weird yeah. that it didn't belong in dc and it would have been perfect in old vertigo and and that's what young animal is and they and now we're just rolling it into black label which is also just old vertigo yeah I, I, I think the thing that throws me here is I feel like um, the same way I did when AT&T bought DirecTV and was like, we're calling everything AT&T now. Like part of what you buy when you when you have this is the value of the name, name. recognition oh, yeah. on, a, on a branding and branding successful branding is so hard to do. Why would you just throw that away willy nilly like right. without there being anything in it for you? Ego. Yeah, I guess. Pride. But all that aside, to actually talk about the book, yeah. Far Sector, I think, has a lot of potential to be great. Yeah, I'm if really, I'm really know, looking forward to this. Have you ever read N.K. Jemison? No. Okay, so she famous. Yeah. <laughs> she's won, I, I meant to look this up before we started, she's won like three straight Nebula Awards in a row, oh, which is yeah? like the Academy Awards for sci-fi right. and fantasy novels. She is, um, she is probably... She is to actual fantasy lit fans what George R. R. Martin is to casual fantasy lit fans. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she's the name amongst names kind of stuff. Right. So she's she's mega famous. People who are hardcore readers of sci-fi yeah. and fantasy, you know, would would know her on the street if they passed yeah. her kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's really cool that DC's got him. This is when when Brad Meltzer did Identity Crisis, and that was like a big deal that they had got right. a mainstream writer. Brad Meltzer is like John Grisham. He writes sort of like middle-aged people read at the beach kind of stuff. The N.K. Jemison is like a legit talent, so that's a really big get for DC. Not to knock Brad Meltzer. So did we even mention what this book is about? It's It's a Green Lantern. It's a a new Green Lantern book. A new Green Lantern book. There you go. Uh, (laughs) What I I really like about this is way back when, when Jeff Johns started writing Green Lantern, he was going on about the potential of Green Lantern, how you could turn this into a Star Wars-scale franchise. 
and then he proceeded to just do a rainbow war, yeah. which was good for quite a while, but it, you know, kind of became the serpent eating its own tail yeah. with his mm-hmm. run. Yeah. This is like a more out there kind of Green Lantern book. This is kind of something I've wanted for a long time. Something to kind of really expand, you know, that universe, that corner of the DC universe. Well, this is also one of those things that people gripe about when non-comics writers come in to write to write comics at the big two, which is like they don't get comics. But but here's the thing, they probably do. Secondly, they're not chasing their own tail, like you said. They don't have yeah. uh, you know forty years worth of continuity they're trying to work around. But the other thing is that they're such a big get for these big two, that they will generally let them take yeah. chances that they would never let yeah. a, a, a normal comic right. writer. Even somebody who was like Jeff Johns. Jeff Johns still got told, you know, fall in line, Bucky. Yeah. you got to do it this way. <laughs> right. But you get somebody from outside comics who will happily just say, no, nah, just not do this. Yeah. N.K. Jemison doesn't need DC's money. Right. You know, like she's doing this for fun. Um, right. So they're probably going to give her a lot more leeway. It's the way they used to treat Kevin Smith, right? Yeah. Let him know. do whatever the hell he wants because the oh, book's yeah. going to sell well, that, better. You know, his Daredevil story is mm, structured yeah. off the list of things first-time writers can't do. Yeah. Kill the Karen point, Page. Point for point. That's yeah. what he did. <laughs> He had ninjas in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like all these things. Yeah. Well, it's also a black label book, so it kind of is outside yep. the continuity anyway. So yeah. if they don't like it or don't want to use and it again, down the road, and again, twelve, tw- it's a twelve issue yep. series. And it's not ongoing. Complete story. If it does if well, they'll do another oh, one for sure. You know, the so. one thing that I think is a little funny is that it, if you read the description of this and you just cover over who it is, you would assume that this was somehow related to the Grant Morrison Green Lantern because this yeah. is basically what you thought you were getting with Grant Morrison's Green right. Lantern. And then on that note, <laughs> in, well, a couple, in a couple yeah, of pages. Yeah. Page we'll six, we got uh, Genlock number one. I just mentioned this. I know a lot of people like the whole combining mech, uh, you know, Japanese uh, you know, storytelling. Uh, and that's, So here we have that in a DC comic where we've got Genlock where it looks like it's that basically type of setup. So if uh, Voltron or, I don't know, Battle of the Planets was your thing, this might be a book to check into. And this is one of the ones that was digital first on Comixology. Oh, was it really? Being, yeah, oh, now okay. it's being printed. Uh, in an actual comic form. And at DC, that's kind of weird. That DC, yeah. Okay, they do, yeah. I mean, like, that's what, I'm, I'm not trying to sound snarky. It's going to no. sound snarky, but that's what this digital first here at the very bottom of the page is. They I don't, I, they I don't make, well, they that. don't make yeah. a big deal out of it. Yeah. That's why yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm not trying to sound snarky. They don't advertise yeah. it very well at all. Yeah. They do, they did that for a while ago. With That's where the bombshell stuff started. Oh, okay. All those bombshells yeah. comics were digital first for a while. And I think that's really super smart, right? Like they mm-hmm. start it in a low cost mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. And if it does okay there, then they're like, cool. Like maybe we'll find an audience in print and they crank it out. And those bombshells books went on for like, Quite a while, like fifty issues yeah, or something. There was a couple different runs. Who would have thought that? Yeah, you know, it went just out for sort a of a. While. It's 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 such a fun, like throwaway yeah. concept. You wouldn't think you'd have four years worth oh, of stories, no. but they did because <laughs> yeah. they gave it a little bit of a, a slower lead. And I yeah. wish they would actually do that with more books mm-hmm. that don't get a very long lead in print. They probably should have started it digitally just to test the water, right. And then and build a little bit of a following. Uh, right after that, we have the Green Lantern number eighty-five facsimile edition. This is the uh, key. Uh, Speedy is a junkie, junkie. Mm-hmm. issue. Um, Four dollars, way cheaper than you will buy it for today. Mm-hmm. And after that, we have the uh, giant issues, um, and they are really fluctuating with these things because I think the first month is this month, like September. They're going to start shipping, and I believe there's ten this month. Uh, by November here, there are five. Yeah. So I don't know if these are considered ongoing or just one-shot specials or how they're playing that yet. We'll see. Crisis on Infinite Earths, giant. Yeah. I 
feel you do like an untold story of crisis maybe in there and then but like what do you reprint well, right. there's only 24 pages right. of new stories yeah so yeah 96 pages 24 of it's new so i think you're probably right dan it's probably, probably like a untold stories yeah. of the crisis era but and I mean, then like a reprint of one of the issues the right. key issues and maybe you're gonna do like two so i mean you're gonna do what six issues of the giant Reprinting them two issues at a time of original crisis. See, that's the thing. I don't know. Is this? I don't think this is an ongoing. This might be a one-time thing. We won't know until next month. Yeah, that's, that's the a, thing. That's it's weird, part, right? <laughs> it it confuses me that there is no. There's no more information because yeah, well, there has this. Been. This implies to me they have not decided what's being reprinted in these. Yeah, they're something. like, there's going to be some reprints. Well, Which ones? Even, I, I don't even know. There's going to be not, even that they don't show the covers because they're supposed to be exclusive right. covers. Right. To these, you'd think you would show those to try to sell the books. I'm still, I know I've heard about this before, I still have no idea how I'm going to finish the Tom King Superman thing because there's still one more issue of Batman Giant to come out, and that's going to finish Bendis' story. But I believe Superman Giant, the Walmart one, is done, and it's going to come up one issue short. So is that in Superman Giant number one, the new one? Is that? No idea. I know I'll get it all through up in the sky, right? Yeah. So like I'm gonna get the whole story, but hmm, it's kind of weird. weird. Like they're just sort of. Well, I've heard that some of them are saying, "Hey, this like the reprint stuff continues in the trades yeah. and that kind yeah. of thing." So yeah, what about the original we'll, story? Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Weird. Got a comment on Black Stars? I don't. Now is now <laughs> the Green Lantern is ending, correct? Yeah. And this is going to replace the Green yeah, Lantern for three so, issues. For three issues, because so there's some you're... sort of history retcon yeah, thing was... where the Green Lanterns never happened, and I, I'm so hot and cold on Morrison's Green yeah. Lantern. I read some issues are. and I'm like, oh my god, this is brilliant. And I read some issues and I think this was a waste of four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell was this? But but I'd say if you're buying the Green Lantern, then yeah. you probably oh, yeah, should pick you'll, this you'll up. Want to Dude, get yes, this. if you're buying if you've been buying Morrison's Green Lantern, you're in the tank because it's a Morrison book. And yeah. you know what? I don't even think of 14. So. Well, after that, we have He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse, number one. It's a great title. It is. <laughs> uh, not buying it, but it's a oh, great I'm definitely, title. Oh, I'm definitely buying this. <laughs> uh, they mentioned Anti-Eternia in here, which uh, for hardcore He-Man fans, you know that there's Anti-Eternia He-Man. So there's no way that character doesn't show up as popular as that character is. Uh, we have sort of a broken mirror sort of cover here with sort of different uh, versions of He-Man making up the figure if you look at the left shoulder you see some uh, shoulder pad and a cape like Dolph Lundgren from the movie oh, and I've heard that right. you know the Dolph Lundgren movie He-Man is supposed to be a part of this and I see you could tell there's like some snake armor from the 2002 animated series so if I, can't, if, I can't tell that yeah I can <laughs> if you're uh, Dan's if you're, practiced eyes yeah, if you're uh, if you're a fan of He-Man there's probably your favorite version will probably be in here at yeah. some point and after that, we have John Constantine Hellblazer number one coming from Black Label as part of the Sandman universe. So if you're a Hellblazer fan, probably want to check that out. We're thoughts, staring at you, Matt. Thoughts on Legion? I'll probably check it out. We'll see. Millennium you know. comes out today. As we're recording this, it is ready to go up on the shelves for sale tomorrow. And I'm, I'm, I started to say I'm super excited. I'm cautiously excited. <laughs> I think this could be awful. I think it'd be, it could be a big old tangled mess. But... I don't know. I, I would rather they slam the reboot button too hard than not hard enough. Oh, for sure. You know I, I mean? that, that's how I felt about DC in general with yeah. their reboots. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is going to be like a Fantastic Four has been for Marvel because we went for, you know, what, 
a year or more without any Fantastic Four. Oh, now we've been for we've been a while without Legion. So <laughs> yeah. a lot of people are digging the new Fantastic Four, and yeah. I'm actually thinking about picking this book up just because you know if you read Bendis's quote, he's like, "You don't have to know anything about the past. Yeah. We're going to take you through it as if." you know john kent superboy is meeting for the first time so you'll be meeting them for the first time so yep. you don't have to know all I'm the hoping. background so yeah I, I like everything i'm hearing I mean, i'm just yeah. my my concern is that dc will chicken out and yeah. you know what i mean like i'm oh, not saying never i'm not saying out. that what bendis's plan is isn't good i'm sure <laughs> it is i'm more worried that i still think that new 52 was butchered by at the last minute they wussed out on green lantern and batman yeah. I think had they not wussed out on Green Lantern and Batman and they hit the reboot button for everything, I think they would have kept New 52. But they made yeah. everything a wreck yeah. by making it not make sense. They had to continuously revise what did and didn't happen. Because, well, if Batman and Green Lantern's history happened, does that mean Superman did die or he didn't die? Right. Because then this can only have happened. It, like Everything's so knotted yeah. together that if you keep some of it... you kind of have to keep it all that's what happened after crisis too right yeah. well, we want crypto back well if you bring crypto back well, then, then you gotta yeah. bring these things back and then like the whole thing unravels so i worry that that's that's my worry not with bendis not with ryan suck that's gonna be awesome i worry that someone at dc is gonna be like we would really like to reintroduce blah 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 and then everything comes back right. to, you know the way it was that's the thing. I just at this point you don't need to be that beholden with legion no sorry no. sorry legion fans sorry uncle rick you know, that's just how it is. It's been a, this isn't the hot property, no, you know. It's not like this is DC's X-Men here. Yeah. And, the, you know. and again, all all the things they're saying about this, this is why I got into Mark Wade and Barry Kitson's run back in the day. Yep. That's why you I know, read Admin Lannings, too. Reboot, you know. I read Admin Lannings, and I thought, I don't know anything about this. This is great. Yeah. <laughs> Page 15, you got the question, Deaths of Vic Sage, four-issue series, bi-monthly. Um, DC Black Label, but Jeff Lemire's story, Dennis Cowan, and Bill Sienkiewicz art yeah. sounds pretty cool to me. If, if I had a time machine and I could take this back and give this to somebody in 1986, I don't think anybody would notice. Other than <laughs> right. being of higher color, quality paper, because yeah, yeah. this feels coloring. like a post-crisis DC book, doesn't it? Right. And I, that's yeah. then honestly, that's the only reason I'm going to buy it. I like the question. I wouldn't say I love the question, but I love Jeff Lemire, and and artistically, that sounds like it's going to fit right into mm-hmm. that late 80s DC that I like so much. It's really cool. I could do without the bi-monthly, but I would Yeah, that's that's kind of a Well, thing, maybe it'll ship on time. Maybe. Yeah. You know, that's what I was going to say. So I'm not going to complain so. too much because it means we'll probably get it. <laughs> uh, after that, we've got a couple more Tales from the Dark Multiverse books, Blackest Night and Infinite Crisis number one. Uh, I kind of like this Blue Beetle anti-monitor mashup kind of look at, or Superboy Prime probably. Oh, the color. Mashup the, armor. The covers you all know. look awesome. Yeah. I just, these aren't that long ago. No. <sighs> also, I guess I don't understand. It's just the bad guys won. That's it. Like, it's not that hard to imagine what would have happened, I mean, happened, I feel like right? there's, probably, there's probably some creative stuff you could do with that. Whether mm-hmm. or not they will, we'll see. But ultimately, it you just know. ends with, oh, and the bad guys won. Like, right. Imagine the story Everybody you've read. Everybody dies. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. What if the good guys didn't so win? It's, oh, okay. So it's what if. Yeah, right. basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody dies at the end. Yeah, well, but six dollar what ifs. Well, didn't they? Didn't the Dio do an interview where he talked about regretting like them putting out the dollar issues in the facsimile editions? He's, because it sounds like he's frustrated that that stuff is selling so well selling, as opposed yeah, to the yeah. new yeah. stuff. But what's that tell you about your quality of yeah, work? Yeah. Well, this is then you know. just a book that harkens back to the old oh, stuff. Oh, for sure. So. It's but new material with an old story, so I guess maybe they're hoping yeah, they're, they're to see some big sales. They're absolutely trading on nostalgia with these mm-hmm. stories. I feel like Nightfall and Death of Superman are different because those are both nostalgic for people of a certain age, mm-hmm. our age really, mm-hmm. and like landmark stories for the company, right? Yeah. So you could definitely do a redo on that. But I don't know. I mean, I loved Blackest Night, but is Blackest Night 
I'm going like to say so for, far for, out the, of the... for the regime at D.C. right now, yes, they think these are super important, that these stories will stand the test of time. What I'm saying is, like, is, is Blackest Night sufficiently far enough in the past that people can get nostalgic about it? I, I feel like it's not that long ago. Like That's like if Marvel well, revisited Secret Wars that they just did five or six years ago. Like, right. no, I liked it, but... I don't know. I don't. I haven't had a chance to miss it. It's well, not been gone I mean, that long. Black is, Infinite, is, is ten years. Infinite, Infinite Crisis, Crisis is like what thirteen probably. Yeah, Infinite now. Crisis was like two thousand four. Yeah. I think. But still, like, so. does anybody look back and go, "Man, Infinite Crisis, that one was awesome." <laughs> Mostly, Infinite Crisis is like, "Oh yeah, that's one where Superboy hit a wall and right. they explain continuity errors with it." Yeah, right. great. I don't know. I don't have maybe on that one Superboy doesn't hit the wall. <laughs> Ooh, I don't have anything until fifty nine, so you guys can go. Well, for I know, thirty. We've got Event Leviathan number six, so that story wrapping up. I'm sure it'll tie up all the loose ends. Yeah, I'm sure we will not find out that it's. I don't know. Whoever, <laughs> I'll just wait for the identity to leak, it's, and then they'll change it at the last second, like right. they do with yeah. everything else. Right. I mean, if I were guessing, I think it's Maxwell Lord, but I could be totally wrong, and I'm perfectly I'm gonna say happy. It's, to I'm going to say it's sideways. I'll say it. You heard it here first oh, on the Campus Comics cast. Sideways don't from the that. New Age of Heroes is Leviathan. Don't say that. That's so possible. <laughs> and Dio created that character. Like, that's so possible, Dan. On uh, 32, I'm not 100% sold on Scott Lobdell doing Flash Forward, but I do think going to the the Red Rain universe yeah. where the heroes are vampires and finding Roy Harper, the vampire hunter, yeah. is really freaking oh, cool. Oh, yeah. That, I think that would be a good standalone, if nothing else. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. Give me, a, that, give me that in a standalone issue, right? Oh, yeah. I'd much rather have that than well, what, if, so, what if Infinite Crisis was suckier? There are so many Elseworlds that you could spin regular series and out of. And they don't do Elseworlds anymore. That's another thing DC doesn't do because it's too confusing. Yeah, as opposed to all this. On uh, 42, we have Martian Manhunter number 10, a book I'd forgot was coming out still. Uh, it's been super late. It's just like, I don't know who's still getting it. Man, I remember when they launched it and they went on about like, I saw, I won't name any names, but I saw creators whose work I very much respect mm-hmm. talking about how groundbreaking this book was going to be. And I like Martian Manhunter and I haven't picked up an issue of it. You want to read mine? You, you know, can. I'll bring them in. Maybe. It's just, it's okay. I think Steve Orlando is very good, and I actually like Riley Rosmo's art. I think the art is wrong for the book. It uh, makes it's kinda, it. That's kind of what I felt. It I makes it look it. weirder and goofier than it really is. I think Steve Orlando's trying to tell a somewhat serious story, and he's got this really goofy, cartoony art that does not fit at all. On 37, I was just going to throw out that I. I don't know whose idea it was to make an inferior five miniseries for 12 issues, but I wish it didn't have Jeff Lemire attached to it because that means I'm going to buy it. <laughs> and I don't need 12 issues of inferior five, yeah. but I guess I I'm going like, to buy I it. I feel like that's a six-issue series to retain the trademark. Tops, yeah. Uh, I don't have anything for a little bit. Let's see. Where the next Let's thing see. 59. You got 58. Looks I got 58. Like. Go ahead. Uh, Young Justice number 10. Uh, so we've got Naomi kind of joining the team here. And we're supposed to be getting a new persona for Tim Drake. And it looks like this is his new costume on the cover here. And it looks awful. Yeah, it's not very good. It looks like um, it looks like an indie superhero book that followed Image but couldn't get on Image. You remember when there were like all of these yeah. creator-owned imprints in like 94 that popped mm-hmm, up for right. like two issues and then died? It looks like something from that. Yeah. It's super, super basic. Also, it straight up looks like Seth Rollins' outfit from wrestling not that long ago, which everyone <laughs> laughed and said looked like an X-Men costume. Yeah, and it did. You're not, you're not that off. It just kind that. of looks like a generic superhero and outfit. And again, maybe it's just, who's, who is this? Sean Timms drawing it? I mm-hmm. like his art, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's maybe, I don't know who designed that costume. Maybe that's not 
I mean, it almost looks like a Kenneth Rockefeller design costume. It does. But, that's a good. Um, that's a good eye. It really does. But again, I don't know. Maybe that maybe just doesn't costume, play to his strengths. Maybe but, the costume will make more sense when you know what the heck the name is. Yeah. I'm really reaching here and trying to make it not be bad. Right. I don't think I'm doing a good job of it. <laughs> and but, again, you know, again, it may be this is the year one of the new identity. But maybe like if somebody had, the costume if somebody the had showed me Duke Thomas's costume and uh, and told me this is Batman's new sidekick, but not told me that his name was the Signal and he operated right. in the daytime, I'd be like, that's stupid. Why has he got that on? Yeah. But then when you in the context of the title and sort of right. like okay, maybe I have no idea what his name could be, but right, maybe we'll find uh, out. Yeah. Page 59, dollar books from DC. Well, you know, we were just talking about the, the Elseworlds Blackest Night, so now you've got the first issue for a buck. Kind of surprised they're doing Flashpoint 1 again, um, but you also have Infinite Crisis 1, which, of course, ties to another one of the Dark Multiverse, and then mm. Luther number 1, which is just kind of on on its own as well. But four books for a dollar piece. What's your next thing? I got nothing Seven. until 78. I'm 72. On uh, 67, we have the DC poster portfolio by Joshua Middleton. So I assume this will be a lot of his variant covers and different things he's done. But he's done some really nice work. Uh, this might be a really nice portfolio set, just depending on what they do. On uh, 70, yep, we've, we've got uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey trade paperback. Uh, I think this is just collecting some random stories. I don't think this really... This is for the market that, you know, people like to go see the movie, yeah. but I don't think this will have anything to do with the movie. Mm-hmm. No, this is this is a Barnes & Noble cash-in. Yeah, this is, you know, random mm-hmm. Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey stories thrown in here. Yep. Some Black Mask, it looks like. So, if you want to learn more about those characters, but this cover really makes it look like this is tying into the movie with yeah. this Joel Jones cover. And I think some people are going to be felt, you know, left felt cheated. Page seventy-two. Oh, page seventy-two. You got famous first first edition, new fun number one, which yeah. is apparently DC Comics' first comic book yep. format. Um, it is oversized. Now it's forty-eight pages for twenty bucks. It is a hardcover, which seems a little pricey, but allegedly this has never been reprinted since the yeah. original production eighty-five years ago. So I've still got my copy. At home. Do you have yours? <laughs> okay, cool. So yeah, no, I'll definitely be picking this up. I kind of want to check this out. It'd be nice to have a copy of that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's something just to have on the shelf. If, I mean, if for no other reason. I'll tell you, for yeah. historical. Yeah, yes. yeah. I'll, I'll bet there's a reason this hasn't been reprinted once we see yeah. it. But, <laughs> that's a, that's a very fair point. Yeah, Without, and again, there's read a lot, between the lines on that one, people, and consider the time. That yeah, it was, but you know, there's you know, it's an anthology right. thing. You're getting a lot of different kind of strips in here. But again, no superheroes because they no. weren't around no, yet. Not yet. It'd be interesting you know, now that you bring that up. It'd be interesting to see. They, they have a tendency to announce these Golden Age projects, and oh. then someone finds a panel or right. mini panels, yeah, and it's we'll like, see. it's like we totally can't publish that crap. Yeah. Somebody must of have, evil. Right, somebody must have vetted this, right? For the, I would after the Detective Comics right. thing, they better. That's, have. that's exactly. What I'll I was be really upset if this, if this is another reprint we're not getting because of this. Yeah. All that takes is a disclaimer, so, guys. Exactly. And move like, on. Put it yeah. in a bag and slap a disclaimer on it that says, "For the love of God, don't buy this to your, for your children." And also, yeah. it was published in 1939. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Times were different. People yeah. were racist. Were more, <laughs> more. Let's say they were more, or at the very least, more openly. Yeah. On one, uh, one of these days. Yeah. Seventy-five. We've got Superman for tomorrow. 15th anniversary deluxe edition. Was anybody asking for this? It says like something like the beloved, or so, it has some sort of superlative on it that I sort of batted my eyes at a couple of times and was like, okay, if, if that's what you guys think, cool. I mean, this feels like 
Jim Lee's in charge at DC. This is a beloved story. I We're felt, reprinting it. I felt the same way when I just saw an ad for the Hush cartoon that said, from the critically acclaimed graphic novel. And I was like, well, it's sold like the Dickens, but I don't yeah. know that I would call it critically acclaimed. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I feel like the cartoon kind of streamlined the story quite a bit. Yeah. And it maybe plays a little better, actually, yeah. than the comic did. Well, when you don't have to, when you don't have to break every you know so many pages to set up right. a cliffhanger for every issue yeah and also you didn't get told it's got to be 12 issues so we can put it in two hardcovers and yeah. then put it in one omnibus and then right <laughs> uh but yeah I, re I read this superman for tomorrow when it was coming out and i was just like this is the problem with 12 issue year-long stories i didn't even ever finish it when you have a 12 issue story that sucks yep. you have a year of a comic book that sucks yep. it turns out <laughs> yep I read a few issues, and I thought, this isn't very good. I'll read the trade. And then by the time the trade came around, everyone was like, oh, it's terrible. Don't read it. So I think, I know you have it marked. 78. 78, yeah. Dude, I'm yeah. psyched. <laughs> were, were you, so what we're talking about is the Watchmen Companion hardcover. Mm -hmm. And it's notable for a lot of reasons. But for me, <laughs> it is the reprint of the DC role-playing game <laughs> stuff. Were you were you a tabletop role playing guy? I did not play the '80s version, which is what this no. was from. I yeah. played the late '90s turn of the century version. Okay, so I did play. <laughs> so I was a Marvel zombie as a kid, right? Mm -hmm. and, and there was a Marvel role playing game that TSR made, and then there was this DC one that I don't remember who put that out. I don't remember. It wasn't either. TSR. No, it wasn't that's all TSR. I know. It wasn't yeah. TSR. So we had the Marvel game because Marvel. And we assumed it would be good because TSR's D&D, &D, but the DC version, much, much better. And my best friend, who was our game master for basically every game we ever played, kind of put his foot down and was like, no, we're playing the DC game. The mechanics are better. You can make your own hero anyway. You don't get to play it. And at the time, I was very much a DC is lame. The characters are old men. I don't want to mm -hmm. play it. It's, it's not cool because I wanted to play Wolverine, Punisher, Ghost Rider right. kind of stuff, right? And and I remember... Did you play as the Marvel characters in the Marvel game? You, you could, could, but you I make could. your own guys. Yeah. But he insisted we could not play pre-made guys. We had to make oh, our own guys. Mayfair games. Wasn't Mayfair. Oh, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. I was like, I know it's somebody that got bought up by somebody else <laughs> later, and I don't exist <laughs> yeah, anymore. I've got, the, I've got that ambush bug yeah. source book they did I could that. see the logo in my head, but I couldn't like <laughs> right. fill in what was in it. But uh, so when I played, I basically made an anti-DC hero, right? So, like, mm -hmm. I played a... What I realized now was unintentionally a rip-off of Lobo. I played just a mean bounty hunter who mm -hmm. hated the heroes. I I, uh, I had a, a wooden bat that I spray-painted yellow so I could kill either Green Lantern if I needed to. <laughs> uh, I did kill Hal Jordan by throwing a bus at him because it was yellow and he couldn't stop it. The bus was flying and it killed him. But I remember, like, playing it ironically... And then he got the Watchmen source book. And I remember, like I did with every new book that we got, I would flip through it. And I was like, what is this? And why haven't I ever read this? And he was like, oh, it's Watchmen. It's real famous. I bought it because it's famous. Like, he'd never read it either. Right. And I remember just pouring over that Watchmen source book. And it's the first time that I thought, oh, man. DC's way darker and way cooler than I ever gave it credit for being. And this was before I saw the Batman cartoon, which is what really made me a, a DC convert. But I, I haven't read that material in so, so long. I don't even remember what was in it. I just remember how friggin' cool I thought the Watchmen universe mm -hmm. seemed from that source book. So I'm really happy to be able to get that back. Yeah, now this isn't just reprinting no. the source no, book. No, but this that's, a, to me, the for, That's what stands out. But there's some other kind of rarities and yep. sort of one-off things that they have in this collection. Like, and it, 
go ahead. Well, I was going to say the question number yeah. 17, which is like the introduction of Rorschach into the DC universe proper, quote unquote. Proper. But uh, it's just a dream sequence where the question dreams he's Rorschach. So. But, <laughs> but still, time, yeah, yeah. First time and he's all, in the. Yeah. And the reason those modules are important, mm-hmm. by the way, is because they actually were written by Moore and Gibbons and expanded the, the universe that wasn't in the comics. Yeah. So they're they're super pricey if you try and find yeah. them on the secondary market because for a long time that was the only way to get more official oh, yeah. Watchmen story yeah and I mean just in general that game was super popular when I was playing you know 15 20 years later when I in around 2000 when I was playing the new version yeah. there was still plenty of material online for the original game but like I, people were still making stuff for it I, you know, I think made. when the Watchmen stuff came out they were winding the game down, oh. and I think it was a low, lower print. Oh, than a yeah, so, yeah, so a lot harder to find, all those things probably. together, yeah, it's really tough. On uh, 83, kind of getting into some of the collectibles and stuff now, we've got some more Batman the Animated Series oh, uh, figures. But, These are so great. But we have characters that were never featured on the cartoon <laughs> of uh, sort of Azrael Batman and the Red Hood. That Azrael Batman's fantastic. This feels like... The Legends of the DC Universe comic they used, or Adventures yeah. in the DC Universe comic they That's used to do. That's what I thought they were when, I, when where, I first saw them. You know, they kind of expanded the universe mm-hmm. before the Justice League cartoon, and so you had these characters who were sort of on model, but not quite. And again, nothing and what they in what the Bruce they Tim style. yeah, but not what they would end up looking like once they were on the cartoon. So that's kind of how I feel about these figures. Can we go back one page and no. talk about how this... <laughs> we can't uh, talk about Olivier these. Olivier Coipel statue <laughs> oh, that, is okay. one of the ugliest $155 statues I've ever seen. I mean, it looks like he has a mouthpiece in. It's just it's it's just not a good-looking statue, and I, I don't understand how this is $155. Bucks. It's not, it, looks, it looks like he has a dip. Yeah, it's not good, mouth. right? Yeah, I... And it looks like he has in the upper and really, lower. I really just... And his cheeks. I really just kind of passed by this page. But yeah, it, probably because that's why. It's not... doesn't seem very remarkable. Uh, just for me, I hate when they paint black lines under three-dimensional statues like that, trying to emulate the look of a comic book. Yeah. But again, that's me. And I, you know, some people like that. But yeah, they just look very kind of dingy with the paint job on there. Uh, on after that, we've got to the new Harley Quinn, red, white, and black, uh, Adam Hughes statue. I don't know if this just looks familiar to me because they've done an Adam Hughes Harley Quinn before, or if they've done something with this version before. I'm not sure, but I feel like when I saw this at first, I thought, oh, they've done that before, but I don't. I don't well, know if they have. That how might many times just be have me. they put her in the the classic costume, right, carrying with, with a, a mallet? Yeah, yeah. I just like, yeah, it's it's done. So it may know. just be that kind of look. Uh, after that, on 85, yeah, we should see some statues and things that are in stock. At the bottom, we have apparently the 8-bit versions of the DC Bombshells, Batgirl, Supergirl, and uh, Dark Knight's Murder Machine. Because they are pixelated as heck in this catalog I for some reason. Said something. I was like, oh, I don't want to waste time <laughs> being snarky. I'll waste Thank you, time. Dan. <laughs> Dan stepped up. Uh, then after that, we have a bunch of these uh, sort of gallery editions that uh, Graffiti does with DC. Letting everybody know that these are coming out in time for the holidays, which it's September as we're recording this, yo, now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, this is for stuff shipping in November, so Christmas is right around the corner. <laughs> as far Christmas as this goes, corner, folks. Kids. And I still never did pick up that Batman Kelly Jones one, which I should get someday. Yeah. Like, I was just thinking the other day, too, I could read Kelly Jones' Batman comics for the rest of my life. He's really polarizing. You, know? you and I are the people I know who just adore him, and I know... More people who hate Kelly Jones Batman. Bring those it. people are come, wrong. Come by here right. Saturdays. <laughs> and those people can be wrong. We can, it's we fine. can have it out. Yeah. 
over Marvel. Yeah, it's yep. it's retread month at Marvel this what? month. Oh my! So it's Marvel. Gosh, you yeah. mean they're doing Tales it's, from the Dark Multiverse? It's well, no, it's worse than usual. I think at Marvel. I mean, it's just like there are so many things that are just hey, like we did this X number of years ago. Let's do it again. Just hope nobody notices. So well, I don't know if you know this or not, Scott, but. That's pretty much how superhero comics work. <laughs> so stop, edit, edit this out in post, because I no. don't want to give up our secrets to all those oh, customers. Okay. All right, They'll all stop right. buying when they realize this stuff just happens again. <laughs> no, they won't, because that's what people want. Right. People want to, to recycle the, the story back around. So page one, got new, a new New Mutants number one. I was actually kind of excited mm-hmm. last month, because we had you know the Hickman. We were going to have three titles and the main title, or so maybe like four books all together for X-Men. I thought, oh, that's not too bad. Oh, Scott, four books. you sweet yeah. summer child. <laughs> oh. How could you think uh, there were only going to be a small yeah. number of so, X-Men books? Th- having said that, I think we said this before the mm-hmm. show started, they've done way more before. Yeah, oh, yeah, this yeah. is still well, fairly restrained by Marvel standards. But the X-Men were at their best when there were oh, I agree. two books. I agree. When, and really, it was just I, X-Men and New Mutants. I think the sweet spot is four to six books. I think putting I'll give out, you four. I think putting out at least one a week mm-hmm. is is good. I think having six. Okay, give me an annual in that fifth week. Give I think me if four you, books and an annual. I think if you did two, of the, two books that have the word X-Men in the title, mm-hmm. and then you have um, X-Factor and either New Mutants or X-Force, mm-hmm. and then you have a Wolverine standalone, because you'd be stupid not to sell a Wolverine standalone. Right. And then you just do something for the other one. Pick a thing. I mean, that's that's six books right there, right? Um, we'll do two X-Men, probably okay. X-Universe, Wolverine, right. and Annuals. But that's I used, what to, I would I used right to say there. the same thing about Batman, too. There should be Batman Detective and a book called Batman Family, and that's it. <laughs> like, you don't need a Nightwing book. You don't need a Batgirl book. You don't mm-hmm. need a Teen Titans book. Just lump it all in Batman Family. You're done with it. But that's never going to happen. No. But I think we're well. We're it did clo- back in the day. Yeah, but not in the modern <laughs> era. Right? And not in successful. our lifetime. It was right. successful yeah. at that time, and X Men oh, yeah. was the number yeah. one selling book in the world yep. at that time too. Yep. So, but you know, when when there were four X Men books in the late '80s and mm-hmm. early '90s, that's when they sold more books mm-hmm. than anybody's ever sold again. So I think four to six is a sustainable amount beyond. But I, I also think X Men's about the only thing you could do that. If there were six Avengers books. There's no reason for six no, Avengers, no. but there's the X Men universe is one popular enough and two has enough enough, enough depth mm-hmm. and enough characters that you can do right. that. So I think that's okay. And I think the audience would be I think you would sell more and make more money on four to six books than you would on eight to twelve books because you'll get more people to yeah. buy all of them then yes, if you do exactly. it the yeah. more books and you put the more you splinter the audience out just and in general i don't know why they don't follow that more with things yeah, yeah. just i got the ultimate line for so long because it right. was four books yes. i'm like i can yeah. do that I can, yeah. and yeah. i can have this whole corner this pocket universe and they did it so slowly right at yeah. first it was one book yeah and then they're like okay what if we put in so we started with spider-man right. what's the next best thing mm-hmm. well we'll just do x-men so we're like two books two books you guys cool two books two books yeah. all right and everyone's fine and they're mm-hmm. like what if we just slip a little team up book in there every once in a while <laughs> yeah. we're okay with that yeah like you know but you're right. There was never more than four uh, during the during the years that the books really, really yeah. sold. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason for that. People yeah. liked that. I don't have to buy it. Yeah. And I, you know, I I'm, I'm famous for telling people when they used to come in here and I worked here. You don't have to buy it. I feel like I have to buy all these. Well, nobody's putting a gun to your head. Don't buy the books you don't want to buy. Yeah. Please that, don't buy them because I don't the want to hear you complain about it because I don't want you to buy stuff that you don't like. Yeah. But but I also am very guilty as a consumer 
of that same thing of saying like, <laughs> I got to buy all these. And oh. as a guy who buys almost all of Marvel and DC's output, right. clearly I've got some mad FOMO on my superhero books, right? <laughs> I'm going to miss something. I mean, it's, it's the collector mentality, which yep. the industry has encouraged for decades, yep. but it's also a business is what people forget. Yep. And you vote with your dollars. Yep. If you don't like something, don't buy it. <laughs> if you buy it, they're going to keep doing it. Yep. I had a dollar for every time I told somebody in here, well, if you don't like it, stop paying money for it and they'll make it go away. But yeah. as long as you keep buying it, it will not and, change. And when they changed X-Force to the Ecstatics characters and everybody threw a fit, but all those people kept buying it because the number yeah. was X-Force and yeah. the, t- the title was X-Force and they needed the numbers in the sequence. The yeah. book died when they changed the name to Ecstatics. Had they changed it, left it as X-Force forever, it would have kept selling yeah. because there are people <laughs> who are like, I've got one through this, i got to keep buying right. it. Well, you don't have to. I'm not making you do it. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, with back issue market and online being what it is, if you don't buy it, you can go back and get it in six months. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's probably cheaper. cheaper. Oh, but they're you know. but they're scared there'll be that one super right. pricey issue oh, and they'll yeah. miss it. But even then, like if you pay, if you pay inflated secondary market prices for one issue, you right. probably got the rest of them for a dollar a yeah, piece, and it sure. shakes out about the same anyway. It's not that bad. The only thing that gets you is if you do something like, oh, I never brought, I never bought Bendis' Daredevil and I want it all. Well, it's a yeah. lot of issues and it's going to cost sure. you now because it's a lot to get. But, you know, if you're just talking about one book that you didn't buy for a little while, eh, it's not that bad. You can get it. You think I'm cautiously 17? very excited about New Mutants. It's Hickman yeah. and Ed Brisson. I'm good with that. I have the next page marked, not because I'm gripey about it, but I, but this goes back to something we talked about before. This book is called X-Force. This book is not what people who get excited about X-Force coming back are going to expect. Yeah, that's um, kind of what I didn't really pay that close attention, but I'm that's kind of what I thought. I, totally that's kind down, of what I thought but, when I saw that. Yep, but the people who are going to be like, X-Force has got a new number one, they're going to pick this up and be like, what? And like, Why how is you... Quentin Quire carrying a gun and where's Cable? What yeah, do you mean the, Cable's the, the where, dead? Where's Cable is right. kind of the big thing And what do you mean he's dead? Real, yeah. The other Cable's in a different book? And it just... This is the part of the reboot that so far I'm like, but really? Yeah. Like, why, why is Gene Grey and Wolverine give people what they were. Yeah. yeah, And there's like two teams or something in it. It's It says one half intelligence branch, one half special ops. Beast, Gene Grey, and Sage on one side. Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino on the other. I, I don't know, man. It feels a little weird. I'm going to buy it because I think it'll probably be fun. But it's not what the people who are going to get excited about X-Force are going to like. So it's not going to sell like Marvel thinks it will. Fallen Angels... Is it also a book that I don't know it has a purpose? But I think yeah, Brian yeah. Edward Hill is real good. So I'm going to get it. And then, you know, there's just the regular ones, which, like, if you look at these of these uh, actual pages of the actual X-Men book, this looks like golden age, as far as people are, age are concerned, of <laughs> X-Men, right? This looks like that's what that could be. But going back to what you drawing Cyclops fighting the brood. Dude, yeah, but going back cool. to what you're saying, this Alex Excalibur book is not what people who read nope. Excalibur want. No. Nope. Yeah. And of course, nobody knows anything about Marauders. Right. So. Yeah. <laughs> and looks like it's a book about bad guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 16 and 17, speaking of retreads. Yeah, yep. Annihilation. Annihilation's back. <laughs> uh, I like the first one. I'll pick this up. Yep. You know, we'll see where they go with it. Uh, I think the Fantastic Four is supposed to be involved this time. Yeah. Is what I've heard, and it seems well, like on, I, on this page seventeen. So yeah, is this the how we sneak them into the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yep. You think? I think this is one of those let's give it a test run in the comics yeah. kind of things, and that's why when, I knew that was one of the things you're going to bring up as a retread. But <laughs> I think it's a retread with a purpose. Yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, no, I mean totally wrong, no, but I think 
I think we that, will look back. That's, that's what I was thinking too when I saw this. We'll look back when the MCU's in Phase Six or whatever, and be yeah. like, "Oh, this was all in that Annihilation reboot." Yeah, because they're pretty good about doing that. You know, coming up with a new concept in the comics first, trying it out, and then when it comes to the movies, they're like, "No, look, that's how it is in the books. It's right, guys. It's what you like." <laughs> you know, and there is that Fantastic Four Negative Zone special later in the catalog yep. too that I think is kind of tying into that. Mm -hmm. 2099 reboot. Yes. Yeah. Uh, makes, makes me wonder. <laughs> it makes me wonder if Sony owns the rights to 2099. Really? Yeah. Just as a concept? Yeah. It makes me wonder if Sony owns the rights to the 2099 stuff because if they don't, Spider-Man 29 can show up in the Marvel Universe. Well, they already had oh. him in the Spider-Verse movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But, but they had a lot of things across those movies that Mar like there's things in the Spider-Man movies that Sony doesn't have the rights to. Marvel just put them in there. Right. So I assume they probably do. I'm just saying. Well, I could see them having the rights to Spider-Man 2099, but I wouldn't expect Sony yeah. to have the rights to No, no, no. I'm sure they're going to have the other stuff. I'm sure they're going to have the other stuff. But yeah. what I'm saying is I wonder if Marvel... If if the twenty ninety nine was a package deal on something, right. you know what I mean. Uh, so like, that, if, can you imagine if, Sony, if they went and got Spider Man? Why would they have thought to ask for Spider Man twenty ninety nine? Well, like they this, specifically said at a certain you know years ago now at a certain point these are part of the things with the license we don't want. Spider Ham was one of those things they yeah. pointed out. They said we don't want Spider Ham. He's in that Spider Verse right. movie. He's a big part of that. Right. You know they said they didn't want Rocket Racer. <laughs> you know he'll be in the next movie. Now. Yep. So page twenty nine. Speaking of twenty ninety nine, you got Conan twenty ninety nine. So let's milk that With Conan wise lasers. A yeah, boy. Wow. There's a part of me that rolls my eyes at this, and there's a part of me that thinks I'm gonna buy this. Yeah, there's a part of me that's gonna <laughs> buy that. I really loved that stuff when I. I mean, I don't remember what year this came out, but I think I was in like seventh grade when the twenty ninety nine stuff came out, and it seemed incredibly cool at the time. Was it ninety one? Because wasn't it? Like the Spider Man twenty nine nine preview was in the thirtieth anniversary issues for Spider Man. Oh right. yeah, I so think that so. Would be, yeah, that would be ninety one. Yeah, that sounds so. Right. I so think probably. it's right around yeah. there. Yeah, so I was in so. sixth or seventh grade. No, nope. right around that. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Thirty nine is my next thing. Hey, there's another Deadpool number one, everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Morbius number one because Jared Leto's going to play him in a movie or something. Allegedly. It's going to happen. There's a Yondu comic yeah. because of Talk reasons. about missing the mark on that. I know. How late are you with a Yondu? He's dead in the mm -hmm. movies. But on the next set of pages. Yeah. Woo -woo. Oh, man. Punisher <laughs> Soviet by Garth Ennis. Mm -hmm. First of all, give me a Garth Ennis Punisher all day, every day. Just I'm never going to not buy it. But but Garth Ennis Punisher killing communists? <laughs> it could not be more on brand for me. Just like I could read Kelly Jones' Batman for the rest of my life, yeah. I could read Garth Ennis yeah. Punisher for yeah. every month for the rest yeah. of my he life. He should be, the same way that some people think that Marvel should have like paid Chris Claremont to write the X-Men until he died, mm -hmm. I, they should pay Garth Ennis to write yeah, Punisher for sure. until he dies. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally on board No one for should that. be allowed to touch the character other than him. I don't have anything until 84 now. I, I, got, I got more than that. On page 59, we've got the second issue of uh, Fantastic Four Grand Design, and I think this is it. Uh, it's, 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 it, not, it's not going to be six issues like the X-Men version was. It is just the two. It's uh, two of two, so. Yeah, 48 page. You see that they're already late? They've already been pushed back. Oh, have they? Yeah, they've already been pushed oh, back. Oh, boy. But, you know, I mean, a project like this. Yeah, but it's, it's like, why solicit it before that, it's done? And I know, I follow him online. I know he's not done with it yet. Right. That's you know, what I was going to say. The a project issue. like this is going to sell regardless of yeah. when you get it out. It's and not it, time sensitive. Exactly. It, it, it sells to a very specific kind of customer. It's like if the history of the Marvel Universe thing that Wade's doing gets delayed. Like, well, why? Why did you just 
wait. Yeah, nobody sure. was demanding it come out exactly. right now. It wasn't tied to anything else. Yeah, it there's just not some big media out. push with Fantastic yeah. Four right now. Yeah. So, yeah, that's fine. But, again, why jump the gun on that? Back on 55, I don't think that I realized at first that Aaron Cuter was who was drawing the new Ghost Rider, and I'm more excited about it than I was before. And I was, yeah. already, pretty, I was already pretty down for well, it. Well, I like um, every time they bring back Danny Ketch, too, yeah, yeah, who's my too. Ghost Rider. Me, too. You yeah. know, so... <laughs> And I don't get I don't get very so and so was my whatever very right. often. Especially in fact, just earlier today thing. I said something about I would be okay with him killing Tim Drake off, and Tim is my mm. Robin. I'm still okay with it. Like I, I, Wally is my Flash. I'm fine that Barry's a Flash is fine. Flash is a Flash. They're all good. Um, but yeah, Danny catches. I, I remember reading. Uh, a reprint of Johnny Blaze's Ghost Rider, being like, he's not as cool as Danny. He's and not. His, and his bike didn't look as cool <laughs> in didn't. the '90s either. It does now, but like the time, was like, no way, Danny is way cooler. Oh, for sure. Uh, on what is it, 62? We've got Fantastic Four Negative Zone number one. So I assume this will tie in at least thematically to the Annihilation story. We have um, Annihilus in there. Back a page. Uh, have you been reading the Mark Wade Invisible Woman mini? Yeah. What do you think? I like it. I uh, like it way more than I expected to. Although, I mean, I expected to like it some because it's Mark Wade. That's why yeah. I bought it. But I, it's better than I. Yeah, it's good giving her her own kind of standalone was, thing. Yeah. You know, I thought it was just going to be like fun and light throwaway. Yeah. Mark oh Wade yeah, stuff, but it's like kind yeah, of, for kind sure. Of dark. Yeah, it is. It is definitely darker than I thought it would be. What's your next one? Uh, I got sixty-six. I got sixty-nine. So you go ahead. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm just excited. That's for you, Josh Hines. <laughs> I'm just excited to have uh, the, these throwback issues in Avengers that are showing the very first version of the Avengers. So this one's about Starbrand, which is like the prehistoric version of the Hulk. And Dale Keown. <laughs> Dale Keown is drawing it. That's oh, fantastic. it is. Isn't it? I didn't even yeah, catch that. I'm really excited about that. It's going to be really cool. So Star what's your next Brand one? Oh, yeah. It's King Thor. Did you? This, by the way, I just read. I read the Thor that is right behind you, which is, mm -hmm. I did not realize this, the last issue of Thor, mm -hmm. the one that just came out last week, because King Thor replaces Oh, it does. Oh, I Thor. didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't either. And he says, there's a there's a page from Jason Aaron at the back, King Thor is his last Thor thing. That's it. He's done. Grab <laughs> <laughs> it off the shelf. That's right. The show. Good Add catch. The list. Uh, so, yeah, King Thor number three. Uh, we've got the return of the God Butcher. From uh, sort of the beginning, yeah, or the beginning pretty of the run. close yeah. to the beginning of Aaron's run. Thing, right? yeah. I think it's issue like three, I think is when he first, first shows story. the storyline. Story yeah, like with the yeah, God Bomb the, and yeah. all that, mm -hmm. which is a cool Adam Warrock single if you want to check that out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, kind of, I don't know if this will come full, full circle with his run or how that's going to work, but I like that character. It'll be cool to see mm -hmm. him back. Uh, I've been enjoying the Valkyrie book so far, too, that yep. they're doing a couple issues out of that so On far. On the next page, Remy, I, I, look, I like Savage Avengers. I think it's fun, and I, I just continue to be amazed that it continues to be published. Yeah. I'm not sure who the audience is other than, like, specifically me. Right. <laughs> but here it is. And that Captain Marvel cover uh, on the next page, the, like, evil Captain Marvel is awesome. I love it. And uh, 75, am I the only one reading ta Coates' Captain America? No, I'm reading it. Are you yeah. caught up? And I'm reading it as the arc finishes up. Okay. So I freaking love it. Oh, I've the enjoyed the first one, couple arcs, yeah. The last issue was about uh, enforcement of the border. And I think, like, I know, I, I know, no, because I know what he does for a living, that Tom right. Coates is fairly, fairly left. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that a person who was not liberal would read that and feel that they were preached to or mm. that their viewpoint was being disrespected. It actually was incredibly even handed. Cap takes the side of enforcing like on the these are laws, laws are important, we're a nation of laws and like mm. ultimately 
both sides are conflicted in what they decide to yep. do. And I thought it was really even handed. And it like, if you're going to make Captain America political, I think that's really great to make mm -hmm. it be considered and not either way beat somebody over the head mm -hmm. with it. And I think a lot of times people are like, tell both sides. What they really mean is make my side seem good and good. I'm a racist. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, but that's not what this is. I think that Coates really does a good job of trying to show a reasonable person's stance from either side. Yep. Uh, it was really great. Yeah, I've, I've been enjoying his run on Cap, and I enjoyed his run. I'm enjoying his run on Black Panther as well. So um, I think it's a good comic writer. I'm just so. glad that Black Panther finally they explained what the hell he's doing in space. With I'm glad that finally <laughs> well, got I'm, resolved. I'm I'm a trade or two behind yeah. on Black it, Panther. It does so. finally get answered, yeah. so that's great. On uh, page 80, we have this month's facsimile editions. We have Uncanny X-Men 266, which is Gambit's first appearance. You can buy it for a dollar more than I paid for my first appearance that Dennis had for $3 a long time. <laughs> and then we've got Tomb of Dracula number 10, which is the first Blade, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I think that's what that is, yep. yeah. So. 84. Uh, I got nothing until 99. Okay, page 84, last issue of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. So for those who are after the final issues, that she's been title. She's been beaten. Her sales finally <laughs> beat her down. <laughs> so. the, the market beat her. I can't imagine that book stays gone for too long. No, I don't think so either. Same thing yeah. on Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. They'll yeah. just get repackaged into something else. Well, that Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur would get repackaged just because of the cartoon that's yes. coming out. Right. So. It's just be, that's being canceled for a relaunch. I think yeah, Squirrel you, Girl's being you think canceled it's the same way? some sort of do something different with it. Um, but I agree. That has such a fan following. I, I think that okay. just screams like I'm. I know we got a we got a couple little customers in here. Will be yep. disappointed if Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is gone. Yep. So, Not for long. And I don't want to tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, 95, 93, you actually have solicited the last, also another last issue of Star Wars. Now we know that also will come back yep. as a new number one. Spoiler alert! Next month yeah. we'll talk about Star Wars yeah. number one. But so. since that's gone now. That leaves Star Wars Dr. Aphra as the last How? ongoing right? Star Wars book. <laughs> I don't understand it. And I say, this is so ironic given we just talked about, but every month you and I buy it. Yeah. And I kind of think, but why? Why is this existing? And I yeah. buy it because I have every Star Wars comic. Well, I, the book is just okay. I buy it because there'll be a lull, but then there'll be a couple of issues yeah. where I'm like, oh, this is really good. I'm yeah, back it's in. It's fun. It's and fun. And that'll keep me going for a while. It's fun, but I if it went away, I wouldn't be like, no, bring no. it back. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't start a letter-writing campaign to bring back Dr. Aphra. Uh, 98. No, go for it. I got We've got the Marvel Comic Premiere Collection Iceman statue. Uh, and the photo here, this looks really nice. This looks like a nice Iceman statue. I'd yep. like to see how it actually looks when it comes in the store. Um, Breakable is how it's going to look. Yeah. Because that, that clear resin is usually uh, a bit more fresh. But it does break cleanly, so it's nice. But... Yeah, it's it's that sh that stuff's a little more delicate than normal. Ooh, and then we on, that one. on the next page almost broke our uh, G rating. <laughs> We've got the Marvel animated X Men Wolverine bust, and so this is in the style of the early '90s cartoon. I both like it and hate it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I can't make up my mind. I think it looks pretty good in this picture. I have a feeling that when I that when it actually ships, it will not look as good as this. And I couldn't tell you why I think that. I'm just being an old man. Well, to harp on my point again, it's got the painted highlights, painted shading, painted black lines. <laughs> That's shoulder so hair. <laughs> it, well, no, there is, but there are painted detail yeah. black lines on the yeah. figure. But, yeah, there is shoulder hair, yeah. which I'd be fine if it was just that. But again, that's the kind of stuff where it looks good from one position, but this is a three-dimensional object. You're going to turn around, and it's going to look off. Yep. That's what irks me. But again, a lot of people really like this early 90s X-Men cartoon. Yep. I think there is, a, there, there is a market for this. I think people will want these. 
So we'll see how they do. Uh, page 100, you got the House of X Powers of 10 hardcover, all packaged in a single book. Whoop, whoop, whoop. So sounds good to me. Remind me to tell you about uh, a theory I heard that I really like when we're done. Okay, we'll do. <laughs> On uh, 104, we've got the uh, Marvel Select version of Captain America Winter Soldier hardcover. Uh, so if you've never read that, pick that up. And after that, we have the Marvel's 25th anniversary hardcover, mm-hmm. which is the original series, plus the, the epilogue. new epilogue, mm-hmm. and some variants, and then the Marvel annotated that just kind of wrapped up. So all the Marvels you could want in there. On I got what, something on 114. Well, on 108, we have X-Men Children of the Atom box set slipcase, and this is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine hardcovers. Collecting X-Men material and an exclusive poster, and it is $500. So I don't know how key all this stuff is. Um, Even with a discount. Even with a discount. I know, right? That's a lot of money. So we'll see. Uh, On 111, we have the Marvel Monograph Art of Ed McGinnis trade paperback. Uh, This is collecting some of his Deadpool, uh, Hulk... What else? Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool, Spider-Man, kind of different things. Probably a lot of variant covers and stuff like that in there that he's done over the years. Uh, 123, we've got the Fantastic Four Grand Design trade, which, again, that's probably been pushed back, too, even though it's advanced solicited for uh, January. You jump mine. I had on 114... Um, the second volume of Chip Zdarsky's Daredevil, which is uh, No Devil's Only God. Am I the only one reading that? Yeah. It's, I, no, I'm reading it. I, I'm, I'm behind on it as well. So I, I really, I, I thought his first arc was good, but not great. I thought the second arc, uh, if I had hair, it would have blown it back. <laughs> um, it was really good. And like, it's funny. I'm going to describe it, and you're going to think, yeah, they've done that a million times, right? So it's a bunch of old superhero tropes. So Daredevil feels conflicted about what he's doing, and he gives up being a hero, and then somebody else picks up the mask and is vigilante without his training and powers, and he's conflicted about that. But they tie in his Catholicism and how he feels that, you know, basically God is punishing him for being violent. And, and, and nothing about it is something you probably haven't seen in a Daredevil comic before. But it was really well done, and I liked it a lot. And it, it was just morally gray and that's part of why i like daredevil so much is it's like a grayer less sure of himself batman it's mm-hmm. catholic batman right yeah, yeah, he's got nothing yeah. but guilt about this um so his parents are dead. frank miller <laughs> yeah so I, I love my catholic batman in marvel but it, it was really good i thought the second arc was much better than the first the first was fine it's just the second was great on a 141 we have x-men milestones the phalanx covenant trade <laughs> Uh, so I remember this from my youth as a big crossover story. This is early Joe Madureira on X-Men, too, so it's kind of notable for that. Back on 131, you do have the Silver Surfer Black trade, so if you're waiting to pick that up, uh, it'll be out, out what, uh, I guess, does it have the date? Oh, it's not till December. No, that's that's uh, Guardians. They keep they split the pages. Oh, there yeah. it is. No, it is December. December of 2019. Silver Surfer Black would have been more appropriately named Silver Surfer Trippin' Balls because that art is awesome. It looks like like you're reading a comic through a lava lamp. (laughs) On 143, we have the X-Force Epic Collection Executioner Song trade paperback. Again, if you're a reader of a certain age... That's the first X-Men thing that I remember. You remember that story. That's, That's the one where everybody in my school who... Even if they didn't read comics, they had issues of that story, and we were tracking them down. Yep. 
It's actually uh, the thing that made me give up on reading X-Men comics. Yeah. Because it was so hard for me to find every part of them. One of my friends had all of them. So I did read it, but I didn't own them. And I felt so far behind by the time I caught up that I was like, ah, screw it. Well, it's also that kind of time period where I think a lot of people did fall off yep. of X-Men. Jim Lee had left. Yep. Image was a thing at this yep. point. There was no Lee. There was no Sylvester. Yeah. All the art looked different than what probably got you on the book yeah. in the first place. I think they kind Chris of Claremont. started to lose some steam. Yeah, he was gone at this yeah, point. Yeah, I thought Claremont was right? gone. That was Nicieza and yeah. Lobdell were taking over, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I think it's a shame here they don't reprint the cards that came with them all. <laughs> that definitely would have been a cool insert to do with this. Yeah, that's a, but again, that's no, a good idea. Nobody asked us. And I don't know if we have, I don't think we have it right now, but we have had bundles of that complete story in here before if you're nostalgic for it. Um, page 148, we have The Adventures of Spider Man Radioactive. Uh, this is collecting some of the comics from the Spider Man magazines from, I think, the 90s. This is probably in kind of in line with the 90s spider-man cartoon and on the last page we've got six posters and they show them all so no fun games this time uh going on to the big book then big book big book page 28 get your copy of previews i got nothing until 42 and that's that's me too on, so I, say, I got more well, stuff in the big book than i normally do. on 33 we've got the listings for uh, halloween comic fest which campus comics will be participating in so come by, and we'll be probably be doing some stuff in the store that day. Uh, 42, Family Tree 1, Jeff Lemire. That's all you got to say, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> I was going to buy it anyway, but like you give me Phil Hester art. I'm pretty happy about that. I mm-hmm. feel like I haven't seen a Phil Hester book in a bit. I haven't seen a Phil Hester art interior for quite a while yeah. either. And then you got a high concept. When an eight-year-old girl literally begins to transform into a tree, her single mom, troubled brother, and possibly insane grandfather embark on a bizarre and heart-wrenching odyssey across the back roads of America in a desperate search for a way to cure her horrifying transma- transformation before it's too late. And it's Jeff Lemire, so I'll take it. There you go. Wrap it up. Give it to <laughs> me. And there's a couple of preview pages, and they look good. Page 46, Undiscovered Country, number one, Charles Soule and Scott Snyder. And Scott Snyder made a huge deal out of this yeah. in preview on on uh, Twitter. Like, he built this up as his, like, dream project kind oh, of really? thing. Oh, really? Yeah. It, it sounds really, really cool. It's like, okay, so alleges that the wall gets successfully built, and then nobody hears from the United States for, like, what, 30 years or yeah. something like that? Yeah. And then all of a sudden people are flying in just to see what's going on. I guess there's, like, a worldwide epidemic, and they're they're going back into the U.S. and sneaking over the wall trying to figure out what's happened for the last 30 years. So it also has a few pages of preview art. Uh, looks really good. If they leave you at the first cliffhanger, you know, it's just like, ah, I was, turning the, ne- yeah, I was turning the next page, wanting to see the next panel at least, and yeah. no. So yeah, they they suckered me in. They they pulled me in. I'm, I'm in. I'm super excited. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff I'm excited about in Image this month, honestly. Okay. Well, good because my next thing is not until page 252. So go, you guys. Oh my. Okay. So on 54, Philadelphia yeah. is coming out, and I actually have never read anything by Rodney Barnes before, but I have seen books by Jason Sean Alexander before, who is good. But the more important part to me is the number of pros whose work I love who have just gushed about how good this is. Um, And they keep going on about this is going to be like the next breakout book at Image, and this is going to be the next saga or whatever. Mm. So, sure, I'm in. It's a prime book. Give it to me. I was kind of hoping it was Flippadelphia. (laughs) You know, what are you going to (laughs) do? On uh, 58, Olympia looks like somebody took God Country and ran it through a Jack Kirby filter and made it goofier. Yeah. I don't even know how I feel about that. On one hand, I think it seems kind of cool. On the other, 
uh, on 62, Moonshine is back. Yeah. I legitimately thought that book was just dead. No. And I had to look and see when the last time. Do you know when the last time it was published was? Probably six months. No. July 2018. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. And the book started in, like, October of 2016. They do they do six-issue spurts. Yeah. And then it's gone for a while. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I'll get it. I know it was supposed to come it, back. Yeah. But I didn't. It, it had been gone so long, I thought, to. well, maybe something changed. Yeah. No. Uh, they have pretty long gaps in there. Uh, 94, going into Dark Horse, we have a new ElfQuest book. Every ElfQuest book they put out, they swear is the last ElfQuest book. I know, because I, that's <laughs> right. It I just thought, keeps coming back. I thought they were done with it, yep. too, but it's yep. like, and I didn't know if it was just a reprint. Like I think this it's one new, even says but... something like, after their final quest, I'm like, yeah. one, two friggin' final, because yeah. it's back again. Uh, 97, we've got Black Hammer 3 for a dollar, so this is reprinting some of the first issues if you want to try out some Black Hammer. It's a cheap and easy way of doing it. On uh, 128. Oh, well, you jumped me. Yeah. Okay, so on 100, Witchfinder's back. I love Hellboy, but man, if you've never read Witchfinder, it's it's frequently better than oh, the yeah. regular Hellboy and BPRD stuff. It is exactly what it sounds like. It is like a detective in, in Victorian you know era. Mm-hmm. And in this one, Jack the Ripper. So that's going to be really cool. I'm excited Oof. about that. Yeah, I've never heard of him either. <laughs> Uh, on 102, Crone, which is basically uh, a f- epic fantasy about an old lady. Like, she used to be an epic fantasy hero, but she's old now. But she's still, like, she's old, but she's badass. This, Again, I hear it's really good. Does she suffer from Crone's disease? I hope not. Okay. That would be tasteless, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got nothing until 140. All right, well, back on 128 in okay. IDW now, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number 100. Uh, so I think this is wrapping up the City of War storyline they've been doing. And I am so far behind on that book right now. I'm probably like 40 issues behind on that book because I got into it late. And I've been trying to catch up. But thankfully for me and maybe some other people on the next page, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Road to 100. So they're doing a uh, kind of recap issue for the entire run of the series so you can get caught up just in time for number 100. It's very smart. Yeah, it's a good idea. I'm surprised. I've heard the book is really good. More, more people, more companies don't do that kind of thing, yeah. especially for their big events. Yeah. On uh, 132, we've got Usagi Ojimbo number six, and they're uh, kind of using this to celebrate the 35th anniversary. And it looks like he's kind of redoing the first Usagi Ojimbo yeah. story and expanding upon it. So it's yeah, a cool idea. Sort of a special edition. Of the first the story. cut kind of thing. Yeah. 136. Go. We've got uh, Star Trek Picard Countdown. Artwork to be revealed soon, because they probably don't have anybody signed on yet or anything <laughs> done. Or the final approval. To yeah, they probably the don't have likeness rights and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So we'll see how that is. I'm looking forward to that show, so hopefully it's a good book. On uh, 138, we've got a, the new Glow series, Glow versus the Babyface, number one. And this is notable for me because uh, A.J. Mendez is one of the writers mm-hmm. who was A.J. Lee in the WWE. So if somebody has a good take on this, you'd think she'd, it'd be her, you know, and she has, you know, you caught up on book. the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. It's a good time. For the love of God, Netflix, give me a fourth season. Yeah. What's your next page? 145. All right, I got 140. Uh, I don't really have a, like, I'm not highlighting anything, just throwing out a, a conspiracy theory, but... So, you know, they launched this new adjectiveless G.I. Joe, right? Mm-hmm. And so somebody asked online, the, one of the publishers at IDW, and said, uh, does this mean that Larry Hama's real American hero is in danger? 
And he said, no, we intend to continue to publish Real American Hero as long as Larry wants to write it, mm. which is not. That's not a confirmation. Right. So <laughs> so what I so then to compound that, we are at issue 270. We are at part five of a 10 part story oh. that it says includes every single member of G.I. Joe. And if ending at 275, right. after making sure every single member was in it, doesn't feel like a series-ending story, right. I don't know what does. Yeah. Now, hopefully next month it says 276, and, it, and I'm just, you know, a kook yelling and old man yells at cloud. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, read between but the six lines months, on that. Six months from now, I feel like yeah. we're going to see final issue. How? And then there will be some sort of like, well, Larry just felt like it was time to move on to other projects. And maybe he does. Maybe he does. Uh, would you, would you want to be writing that book after I don't know. Years? He's written 270 <laughs> you know? issues. Clearly, he's got stories. Uh, yeah, true, I guess. <laughs> At this point, I, can, I, would I, can want, under, I can understand moving on. Well, at this point, I'd want to write for two more years yeah. and beat Dave <laughs> Sims' record, right? And there's that, too. Well, but so, see, now he's got to beat McFarlane's record. Yeah, but McFarlane didn't do every single issue. Well, that's true. Yeah. That's true. No. Okay, yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay. he's been on every issue of Real American Hero. Okay. Yeah. That is true. It's pretty cool. On a 145, still in IDW, we have a uh, Transformers kind of graphic short box and a My Little Pony. There you go, Scott. Pass. You can get that. Just to be clear, pass. I'll be that guy. Pass. On a 151, <laughs> we have Star Wars Adventures Omnibus number one. Uh, this collects several issues of this book. Uh, this is a really good all-ages Star Wars book that I don't think enough people are reading. Uh, it's really good. Kind of jumps around the uh, timeline and universe of Star Wars. Uh, just sort of fun, done-in-one, typically stories. On uh, 170, going into Dynamite, we have Kiss Zombies number one. And I know they like doing their photo covers, but how do you not Photoshop all these guys as like live-action zombies? How do you miss the boat on that? You know, the way Kiss grabs up every dollar they can. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure Tyler will get that. <laughs> yeah. On a 194, we have the Boys Collectible Homelander $2 bill. <laughs> so where they've remarked $2 bills with this uh, Homelander design on it. Uh, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> and if it's legal. I doubt I doubt you could spend it after this. Yeah, uh, and I kind of want, want to actually now to believe yeah. that there are boys two dollar bills in circulation. Right. <laughs> That's what is it? So the MSRP is forty dollars, but your intro price is twenty five like for a two dollar bill. For a two dollar bill. <laughs> yeah. After a remarked bill. Uh, on 195, we have the James Bond and Felix Leiter trade paperback. Uh, this was a really good miniseries starring Felix from the James Bond universe. Uh, there was some talk a while back about they were maybe doing a James Bond universe and doing spinoff yeah. movies and stuff yeah. like that. And you would think Felix would definitely be one of those Super spinoffs, obvious, right? especially with Jeffrey Wright playing the character right, right now. Right. And at the time, I was like, eh, I don't know. After reading this miniseries, I was like, yeah, you could totally do a Felix Leiter kind of solo American James Bond thing. On uh, 200? Uh, Folklords is a perfectly reasonable concept for a comic. Instead of it being person escapes the real world and goes into a fantasy world, it's person escapes a fantasy world and goes into the real world. It's kind of a guy version of what is that Disney movie Enchanted where the princess comes over to our world. Anyway, but the reason I highlight this is, boy, if that doesn't scream thing to be optioned for a movie. Yeah, it sounds like lower budget too, maybe, having it in the real yep. world. Yep. You know? But it, it, it 
screams movie deal. Yeah. I have nothing until 2.32. Well, go, because I don't have anything till after that. So, uh, Sumerian Queen of the Black Coast from uh, <clears throat> Blaze. I think we talked about this last month, that uh, the Robert E. Howard stories are in the public domain, and so they can publish these as long as they are called the Sumerian or something else, not Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Except that the cease and desist order has already been issued and the books has, are being pulled. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. Oh, and I, it, the, no. the, the worst part is I put the order in for last month's previews, and I put myself down for the yeah, scenario. Yeah, I wanted I was, it, too. I was like, click, give me that. And then the next day, oh, man. <laughs> Leading Cool ran a orders being canceled. And I was like, dang it, I mm. just ordered it. Like, Because I kind of waffled. I was like, what if it's not very good, and it'll probably never see the shelf. Well, and it, now it won't. I know it won't. But And again, I've heard people bring up this theory with movies, and I think it applies to this kind of thing, too, where we need less remakes and more ripoffs. Yeah. You know what I mean? We need. Well, I, I always wonder that when people buy properties and then don't use them. Like, yeah. if you didn't want, say, The Punisher, yeah. right? You know, it's not that hard of a concept. Just rip it off. No one's yeah, going to exactly. say anything to you. Exactly. Just don't put a skull on a shirt and, and pretty much do whatever you want. You have to change it up and make it a little different. Right. So you'll get innovation just yeah. by default. I've never throwing understood buying a property wall. that you don't intend to use for what that property yeah. is. We're going to put our stamp on it. No, no, no. Yeah. Put your stamp on your own thing and do yeah. that. Or that'd why be, just buy That would be better. Or why buy the Wait. rights to Namor movie and then never make one Universal. Mm, right. <laughs> well, I mean, Universal yeah. also tried to make a monster verse. Well, they did it years ago. That's the thing. Right, but this is a different <laughs> Universal. That Universal didn't run a theme park yeah. franchise. It's a very different set of priorities. On uh, 252, Two, yeah, come on. We've got the Dragonfly and Dragonfly Man number one. So Woo! we're getting we're getting more, uh, you know, wrong Earth stories here. And, and the uh, trade is solicited. Trade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it is a mini series. I thought I'd heard before this was supposed to be a one shot, but it's one of five. So I'll be getting this. Also, second coming number five. God and Satan get coffee. <laughs> That's literally what it says. And I'm excited. On uh, what is it? 262. We have Shatner. Uh, sort of biography of William Shatner. I can't think there's aren't people in this coming into the store that wouldn't want to read the story of him, you know. Yeah, I was just think with polarizing figures like that, it depends on if it's authorized or unauthorized, right? right? Authorized, it's going to be a very whitewash. Yeah. On uh, 273, uh, through Aspen, we have a whole slew of new uh, Michael Turner variants. We've got some uh, Spider-Man, some Darth Maul, comics Wolverine. Most, pro- most prolific dead man. Yeah. <laughs> it is the, he is the Tupac of comics. <laughs> the hologram of Michael Turner just keeps cranking up. I know. Uh, 280 uh, from Illustrator's Magazine. We have uh, Illustrator Special, The Art of Brian Boland. Uh, so probably some cool stuff in here in an interview. Probably a lot of his work. $35 price tag. I don't know. It better be a really nice quality, you know, images in there. Mm-hmm. Nice card stock or something. We'll see. Page 288. Yeah. We've got uh, the Matrix Comics 20th Anniversary Deluxe Edition hardcover. I don't know if I ever saw these when they came out the first time. I did, and I never did go get around to picking them up, yeah, so I'll, so I'll probably get those. I was I thinking saw, about picking those up Matrix myself. I saw Matrix 2, and then I didn't need any more Matrix. Yeah. <laughs> well, I saw Matrix 2, and I was like, well, I guess if the third one is good, then this one will I've be okay. Se- I've never seen the third and one. And the third one was terrible, so the Matrix 2 is also bad. My so. only memory of Matrix 3 is that... 
I don't know, a good year after it came out when the store was still in the strip, I was talking to another customer about how I didn't see Matrix 3 because spoilers for a 20-year-old movie, guys, about how it ends in a truce between the humans right. and the machines and somebody lost their mind. <laughs> That's a freaking spoiler. You just ruined the whole movie. I was like, it was out a year ago, man, at least a year ago. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it yet. I'm like, bro, how am then I supposed to know? you don't want to see it. <laughs> also, you're going to tell you how Casablanca ends too? Like, yeah, it's been right. out for a little, you know. Uh, again, I don't know how easy it is to find anymore, but after the first movie came out, there was the Art of the Matrix yeah. book that is amazing and has a lot of Jeff Darrow artwork that's just crazy, fold out, super detailed of the ships and the robots Lord, and everything. As his biggest fan in this store, it calls him Geoff. Yeah. <laughs> I will and, never uh, read that man's name and not hear and, my head Oh, Geoff and that Darrow. book has the uh, final version of the script that they shot yeah. with where Morpheus uh, has had like five other people he thought was the one, and they've all died. So kind of fun stuff in there. If you can find a copy of that book and you like The Matrix, pick it up. Because we're getting more. Yeah. yeah. On 290, we have American Daredevil, The Battles of Lev Gleason, if I can talk right. Uh, so again, an old publisher that you don't really hear too much about anymore. Um, i got to think there'd probably be some good stories there. Yeah. You know, might be something good to check out. On and then on the next page we have DC Women of Action, uh, so I think it's just kind of like a reference book with a bunch of the characters, but it's written by Shay Fontana who does a bunch of the DC superhero girls quite good. stuff. So there's probably some good insights in there. On uh, 294 we have a biography of IMC 3PO: The Inside Story by Anthony Daniels. It's just the same page. It was hot in that costume. Right. It was hot in that costume. I've heard, over and over. I've heard people who cosplay as C3PO complaining about that suit. This is the guy who was in the real thing. Yeah. So I there's probably some <sighs> they stories didn't cosplay there. in the desert. Exactly. <laughs> in so, the 80s. Again, if you're think, if you're thinking about cosplaying as C3PO, maybe read this book first. See what the OG has to say about that. On 310, I got real excited at these uh, Valiant digital comic book collection things. So it's kind of a cool concept anyway. It's a flash drive full of PDFs of all these comics. But the Valiant classic comic book collection, which is 92 to 2000, like I was... I suspected is true. It does not have solar or Magnus or they have the gold key stuff. They don't have any of the gold key stuff, mm. which means that I assume unity is not in there either because they were all in that, which means honestly, the best part of the classic areas of Valiant just isn't there. And it doesn't cost you that much money, even with the movies driving those back issues up a bit um, or the, the potential movies, mm-hmm. it's still not that hard to find them. Yeah. But I just look at these and I think these are $75 and $60. It's just a flash drive full of stuff. It's just going to get pirated. And yeah, they make yeah. a point, they yeah. could make a point to say that it has DRM on the flash drive with DRM security protection technology. Dude, you didn't put anything on these flash drives full mm-hmm. of comic books right. that will, that will, yeah. you know, pass a weekend yeah. of somebody and dedicated trying yeah. to get all it, it takes it. is, Screen cap. Screen cap. Well, that's, screen that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And the, the worst case yeah. is somebody just takes pictures yeah. of all of yeah. them. Yep. Uh, back on 307 from Gemstone, we have the Overstreet Price Guide to Batman. Uh, so this is like a price guide for Batman merchandise and memorabilia. Feels like they're just speaking directly to me, you, and Jeff Dixon. Yeah. But again, I probably won't be buying this no, for the price no. guide, but as a checklist. That's what I, was I could say. see I could see having it for that as just <laughs> yep. a reference of some yep. as a photo oddball reference stuff. or just a list. Yeah. Because yep. yep. I gotta think I don't know how well this price guide will be valid. But again, as a checklist for Batman stuff, I'll probably check that out. 
your next one, man? I got 354. 352. Okay. 325, we have the new issue of Scary Monsters Magazine, where it looks like they're focusing on some of the old school robots, uh, where we have uh, Robbie, and I think they're talking about Gort in here and B9 and stuff like that. So uh, I know there's a lot of love for those characters at Scary Monsters, so I imagine this will be a pretty solid issue. And if you're into those kind of old school sci-fi robots, probably check that out. Uh, 343. We have uh, Island of Misfit Toys graphic novel, where it looks like we've got a story about the uh, Misfit Toys from the old Christmas special. So if you're a fan of that, it seems like they keep bringing them back every now and then. There was an action figure line years ago and stuff like that. keeps coming up. Uh, 345, we have uh, Becoming RBG, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg's Journey to Justice. <laughs> so a biographical comic about her. The Journey to Justice. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there's a soft cover and a hard cover, so however you like your RBG, you can get it. On a 349, uh, a book I never pick up that I keep needing to is the Strangos History of Comics Volume 2. Uh, I would assume Volume... It seems like these are in print, and I don't realize it, so I assume Volume 1 is in print too now if they're doing this. Uh, I've flipped through these books. They're really nice, kind of just good kind of time capsules. Page 352. 352, you have Doctor Who, the 13th Doctor Holiday Special, number one. It seems odd that it's a two issues instead of just like a single one shot. But uh, uh, same creative team that's been doing the, or at least Jody Hauser as writer the on the uh, on the book. Did we talk about this last month? I feel like we talked about this last no, month. No, we talked about because uh, Neil Gaiman is introducing a new Doctor in. Yeah, I feel like Doctor we talked about a holiday special in the last one. From not the, I don't remember talking about the holiday it's special. Freaking deja vu. In well, it could be. Yeah. <laughs> and then 354. Well, 353. Okay. Whoa, whoa. Pump the brakes for Dan. We've got Medieval hardcover based on the PlayStation game, and I'm all about this. Or, as I used to hear it called when I worked at Babbage's, Medieval. Well, they're wrong and they're I dumb. I know they are. They also believe <laughs> it's pronounced Ape Escabe. You're welcome. I gave you that. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so I think this is a prequel to the game starring uh, Sir Daniel Fortescue, and I will definitely be buying this book. You know, there's a new one coming out, right? It's a remake. Yeah, I know. But yeah, I know they're, they're, yeah, doing, they're, oh, they're doing a yeah. new version of the original game. Yeah. So, And I'll be getting that, too. Yeah, me, too. <laughs> uh, 354, Blade you Runner. You may be saying trade. the same. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that it was a miniseries? I did didn't not. I, I didn't I ask now, that and you guys said it was ongoing? Well, they didn't put an of four or anything, and I thought I had heard that it was an ongoing. Well, now this doesn't say that it's a miniseries, does it? Am I there missing? aren't any more issues. Well, maybe they're just taking. A, they're just sitting a month. Maybe, maybe. You know, it. it uh, you know, they never. They it never does say it volume many, one. And it does say volume one, and it doesn't say the complete series. So I'm thinking that they're just probably sitting a month uh, before they come out with the next issue. That's I what I'm I hoping. I just assumed anyway. we were going to get a series of mini series. This is maybe what we're going to get, yeah, and and maybe that's what we're going to get. But we will get. But. but actually, I'm like I'm encouraged by that. I would much rather it be a series of mini series. I like the idea that I can get off this ride whenever I want, mm -hmm. rather than being like, oh, it's issue it's 75, an ongoing, and I need 76. I feel like you guys misled me. <laughs> Intentionally, yeah, yeah totally. Um, three sixty. 
362, but it's the same book. Okay, yeah. Well, I was yeah. you go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm super excited. Rye number one, Dan Abnett, who I like, mm-hmm. Juan Jose Rip, who is awesome, and it's a new Rye in the uh, the fallen world future in the 41st century. It's great. Yeah. I'm down. And, Love Valiant Future. And there's a pre-order edition available through your local comic shop. And they are nice. And it's just one that's the first 10 issues. You commit to the first 10 issues, but uh, you get a, what's on uh, special covers and it's something for the LCSs. Yes. Yep. I think this is that's yeah. There it is. Local shop uh, cutoff order. A cutoff date for this is October twenty eighth. I think as we're getting out of the comic section, I wanted to point something out, and I don't remember what book I flagged it for, and I guess I just missed it. But did you notice the number of books in Image and a couple other publishers that are oversized first issues and quite oversized first issues, and they're four dollars. And I think it's interesting that as you get out of the big two, mm-hmm. you can just jam more pages in and the price doesn't need to go up at all. Marvel and DC will tell you that, well, we have to raise the price. The cost right. of paper is so high. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you can do like a 64-page first issue at Image and they're like, four bucks. What's the regular one? Four bucks. There's also, um, I think it's a, a DC book that specifically says 32 pages, 20 pages of story. So there's actually few. Oh, that's what it was. I ah, I knew there was one I marked. I marked the last god, and I couldn't remember why. That's oh, yeah, why that last god is? is specifically marked as lower than normal number of story pages. Why would you point that out to somebody? Oh, by the way, we put more ads in it. The price is the same. That's some. Mm. That's some weird. It is shady. Yeah. It's the same thing I used. To, I laughed out with Mike that the the Dark Knight Returns and the Watchmen, the archival ones, are the same price. Hmm. One is, you know, Four. twice as long as the other yeah, one yeah. in page count. <laughs> Same price. Mm. Oh, yeah, the paper. Oh, yeah, the paper's real expensive. There's a reason these so- things are printed on paper. Yeah. You know. On a 397, kind of going into the anime section here, we have Transformers, a visual history. So it looks like they're reprinting much of the old art and stuff like that from some of the toys and comics and things like that. So if you're a fan of that, you might want to check that out. And I think there is a limited edition version that has a bunch of uh, art prints in it. Which will probably look nice on your wall. I don't think until four twenty-four. Yep. Same. Four twenty-four. Go ahead. Okay. I don't have anything else for this side. Well, there actually are several pretty cool T-shirts uh, in the catalog yeah. this time. So I like on page four twenty-four. We have several Batman shirts. Um, they're all pretty nice. And they're honestly. all yeah. Even I like the like the sketch That's side thing of that, Batman. I think that maybe is a Capullo. It looks kind of like Capullo's Batman from Dark from Last Night on Earth, but I could be wrong. Symbol wired. Is that the? I'm trying to find which one that is. I know. It, it's because not the logo too. It's, yeah, that's right? the wired one. It says it up in the sleeve. Okay. Oh, there you it is. You can't see yeah. it very well. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, doesn't say who drew it. Doesn't say who drew it though. It's no. nice. Um, and then on uh, 425, I, I think these are offered again though. The yeah. Mr. Miracle shirts. But, yeah. But that Dark Side is shirt is so great. <laughs> yep. And like the Superman workout shirt on uh, 425. The. Uh, it's also kind of kind of cool, and then on four twenty six and four twenty seven, there's an old school Fantastic Four with a Fantastic Car T-shirt and uh, Friday the Thirteenth fans. There's a Friday the Thirteenth chain wallet. <laughs> so which feels like a thing that would get you uh, somebody would kill you with. Yeah, in yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that, that's the end of side one, isn't it? So I've got way more stuff in the merch section than I normally do. That is yeah, for really? sure. How about well, you? Because I have uh, zero. I got Barry about usual on page seventeen. From uh, Diamond Gallery, we've got uh, the Rocketeer PVC diorama, which is nice. Uh, it looks nice. It's fifty bucks, so it's not gonna break the bank for a Rocketeer statue. And again, not a lot of Rocketeer merchandise out there. On twenty three, the uh, oh, you got twenty two. I got same same thing, right? Yeah, 
Uh, we've got the DC Comic Gallery Deathstroke PVC diorama. Uh, it's a George Perez era Deathstroke. I think this looks really nice. I think the the uh, animated Batman with the grapple gun on uh, 23 is is also fantastic. 10 inches for 50 bucks, 10 inch side PVC. Um, I'm not crazy about it. You don't like it? I really don't like it. Oh man, I can't uh, like it. It's just it's the details of it that irk me. Um, is it because it doesn't have the black lines? <laughs> no, it's because it's got the painted highlights that look like they're sculpted into the design. And we have a raised bat symbol, which I don't feel is accurate to the design either. No, but I kind of like it. It looks kind of cool on yeah. it. <laughs> it looks like he's missing his mouth to me. Yeah. You know, so. yeah. On uh, 28, we've got some uh, stuff that's still in stock. And we have the Batman 66 Shakespeare head bust bank. Which we had a hard time getting for quite a while. So if you missed out on that and you want to get one, let us know. And we will be, try to get that in for you. On 26, there is a PVC Cthulhu. And it... I don't know what word to use here. Because no matter what I say, it sounds like I'm using it as a positive. I want to say it's weird and it's ugly. But I don't mean weird and right. ugly the way that Cthulhu is supposed to be weird and ugly. It looks like it's a mold that was filled. It looks like a statue melted. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just sort of all scrunched down and it looks really slumped. It looks really old school, like something from the 60s or 70s or something. It doesn't yeah. look like a modern piece. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It, it looks just, like a kid looks, from back in the day. It looks day. cheap. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not a bad design if somebody was like, check out this vintage Cthulhu. Yeah, if you're all you're about like, Cthulhu. I got this in 65. Yeah, like, exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, for but sure. it's like, not, not 50 nah. bucks in 2019. Like, no. I feel like this should be a little better. On uh, What's your next one? 43. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, you're so on 43, we've got the Cryptozoic. Wonder Woman, Princess of Theris, Themyscira, 14-inch uh, polyresin statue. Again, not based on any particular thing. Uh, really kind of a nice standalone kind of piece. I think Just it looks really nice. looks like the Venus de Milo. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, again, when they kind of do these kind of original things, it can be pretty hit or miss. I think this is hit. I think this looks really good. Um, and this is, what, shipping quarter four, so, you know, end of the year. I got 48 is my next one. Uh, Probably the same thing. also mine. So, yeah. go ahead. Uh, we have the Avengers Legends Gear Captain America 80th Anniversary Shield, hundred bucks. What is this made of? I'm assuming it's the same. It's a reprint of the one that Mike has. Okay. Which is fairly durable and heavy plastic, but still just plastic. Yeah. Because I couldn't see where it said either way on yeah. this. It looks kind of like it's maybe got a metallic paint job on it. Yeah, I don't. But see, I can't tell if it is metal. That's what I told Mike. Was it, I you know. think it's the exact same one he has, just a <laughs> slightly different paint job. The one he has looks like the metal is a bit more gunmetal, like a darker gray, mm -hmm. a little. And this has a real shiny white metal on it. I think at it's least in little, this photo that we're seeing here. Right. That was going to say my qualification is it may not actually look like that. Yeah. Also, Scott, I, what are, what are your feelings on this Captain America shield? I I've already, I've, already, uh, I've already explained my feelings on this Captain America shield, so I, I won't explain the. Yeah, it's undersized. Oh, what, well. what is what's a good size? The, I think the if I remember correctly, the correct size is thirty six. Okay, let's just cut that so, out of context. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, thirty six <laughs> works for me. So on one on forty nine. So, so my my comment the last time was if you want to recreate the terrible Alex Ross cover where Cap has the shield that's way too small, then this is the shield for you. I mostly think this is just a shield for hanging on your wall. Yeah, primarily. Not, 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 not fighting not crime. No, not It for will not throwing. stop bullets. No. no, it will not bounce <laughs> off of things and come back to your hand. Well, probably not. We'll find out. I guess out. I can't guarantee. I'm also just kind of a... I don't know if I really want it or not. The Punisher War Machine helmet 
That's of all the things they could do. I'm, I look. I, I liked when he had the War Machine armor. I thought that arc was fun. I just feel like there are other more notable things that haven't been done yet. It feels like we have this helmet. What else can we do with it? If you're exactly what I was going to say, somebody's like, "Hey, hey, hey, we just repaint those molds." Yeah, yeah, but it seems so such a niche thing. Yeah. But if you love that story, yeah. hey, this is your chance to get it. This is probably the only chance for you to get it. Have they done an actual War Machine helmet? They've done Iron Man, right? But, they but I don't think action. I don't think they've done that, War Machine. That was my thing. Was if you've already painted it to look like War Machine, I feel like you should do the War Machine helmet well, first. Well, here's the thing: then do the if Punisher, you're a War Machine Iron fan, Patriot. maybe you're like this is the only one I'm going to get. That's maybe true. I'll pick it up mm-hmm. because there's probably more War Machine fans yeah. that would get this than Punisher fans. Yeah, that's so true. wait a little bit. They will do a War Machine. Now you're going to get an Iron Patriot helmet. Now yeah. Too. Well, 50% of this stuff in this section of the catalog is super niche anyway. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. Faux show. And maybe more than 50%. On a fi- I never feel nerdier than in this one. Yeah. I, with the number of things I say, oh, I need that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you look at the prize, and I don't need that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, on page 51, we have the Masters of the Universe Merman uh, figure, my Mondo. Those things are so cool. This is amazing. The detail is just great. It's $170, yeah. though. This is one of those things where I know that if I started buying them, oh, I would yeah. buy them. No kidding. And, and it's not that I wouldn't. I just don't need a commitment of $200 no. action figures in my and if, life. And if one of them broke, <laughs> right. I'd be furious. Right. I have this rule that I don't like to own things that I can't afford to or can't easily replace. Yeah. And that's one of those where I think, man, if I start buying these and something happens to one, I'm going to have to go to the secondary market to find these. And that stuff. Oh, yeah. It'll go up. Real fast. What's your next one? Uh, going into the Funko section. Yep, me too. Uh, on 54, we have the uh, Batman Damned. Uh figures uh, kind of keeping with the 80th uh, anniversary of batman figures they've been doing uh, i feel like there's a variant here they're not doing that's for hot topic <laughs> is that what it is <laughs> they can only uh, sell it on i've topic. seen i've seen some better pictures of this yeah and it's hard to tell in this picture but this brow is crazy on this figure really yeah yeah it's really pronounced and i'd have to go back and look at the book to see how okay, accurate well, that is to that makes a Mayo. lot of sense then because i couldn't really figure out what was all that unique about this other than it was a slightly different pose just like oh it's it's the suit the suit is spot on to bermejo's yeah no, i know what you really I mean, get in there see the detail like is bermejo's batman suit that different than the new 52 batman suit i mean it's a, different enough for funko right you right, know they're right. doing all kinds of batman stuff right now and they you know will make as many of these things as they can as we've learned on the next page where the hell's Iceman? they have these really cool oh, i they have these you really know cool I, original X-Men I would have figures, swore, and I would have no swore there was an Iceman if you hadn't said that. Yeah, I was I, thinking there was. I thought I had seen one, too, but I looked, and I was like, oh, it's just one of those not pictured. Nope. It says Angel, Beast, Cyclops, Marvel Girl. They're, and re- and they're sho- really they've cool. They've shown these online, and I would have swore there was an Iceman with these. Isn't Maybe. that weird? It either is or it's the okay. Mandala effect <laughs> with this where I thought there was. Well, it could be an exclusive to somebody else. That's what I it was going to say. Was, please be. don't tell me this is like, that's, oh, that's a, that's, that's a Target exclusive. That's, that's a subscription if you're, box exclusive. If you're going to do that, then make that the translucent one. Give right. me a snowy right. Iceman right. for that set. On uh, 58, we have some more uh, James Bond pops. I thought you were going to go with all those It ones. Yeah, I don't care about It. <laughs> uh, so we're getting some Daniel Craig... Uh, Pops. And I, I love the tiny, tiny things they've done to differentiate which oh, Bond is yeah. which. Oh, yeah. Because they're it's largely really, the same guy. Yeah, yeah. It's very tell. small details. Have to put in there. We get a Lashif with the rope, yep. so you can reenact that with your pop <laughs> figures. And on page 60, 
we have the Madman Pops. And are these the first Pops that feature smoking and drinking? Probably. And it feels like they really went hard with that. This feels like... Well, I don't really know that you can do a Mad Men I don't, without... No, you can't. But I feel like some, some Pop dis- Funko designers were like, they're smoking and they're drinking because we never yeah. get to do that with these things. And yeah. they're all going to be doing it. I mean, my, uh, my Clark Griswold Christmas Vacation one has the uh, eggnog in his hand. Yeah. But it's not explicitly going right. to in it. Uh, my next thing's on 67. Well, my 66. Go ahead. We've got a bunch of Cowboy Bebop stuff. Uh, we've got some P- PVC figures. Uh, they look nice, but man, they are pricey. So we've got yeah. some two packs with Spike and Faye. And For $455. It's like, who's buying that? Fanboys. I get fanboys with more money than me. Anime, though, man. You know? like, anime fanboys are used to buying stuff that's imported from another country. So, like, you are taking your wallet's life into well, not to not to <laughs> man not to name names but the last guy i know that was doing that was a klepto and he oh, was okay. also he was spending money but he was also shoplifting quite a yeah, bit yeah that's about right it's an addiction man yeah uh, on, on 67 there are these two uh really cool uh, uh disney statues there's one of chippendale in their treehouse and one of donald on his boat and they have these really nice uh bases that are the logos for the characters and they're only 30 bucks so yeah there's no way i'm not ordering those I don't remember what the next thing... Oh, yes, I do. Oh, man. Did you see Dan Brown on page 105 that mm-hmm. not only are there some nice new tune tumblers... Oh, yeah, yeah, But there's a Mr. Miracle tune tumbler, and for the love of God, I need them in my life. Right. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. There's so little Mr. Miracle merch to make me happy. That and the other one is the happy. Dark Knight's Metal. Yeah. <laughs> featuring yeah. the evil Batman. And then they've got some reoffers on some other ones. So there's like a, a Jose Garcia Lopez Joker there. And, yep. Yeah. Uh, back on 87, uh, we've got some DC hero statues. We have a DC Comics Shazam Family Mary, is how they're listing her here. Uh, Bishoju, I assume is how it said statue. Yeah. Uh, again, not calling her Mary Shazam like they have on the other statue we saw previously, but. It looks like everybody's just going by their first name now with the Shazam characters. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the more graceful way of doing that. But there, There's no way to do it that doesn't sound dumb. Yeah. But you're right. I, I think there's a limited number of options here, and you're just picking the best one of the bad options. Yeah. What's On your next one? 110. Yep. Offered again. We have some more uh, graphic yeah. short boxes. We have New Frontier and uh, like a Mark Bagley Venom from uh, I don't know that Lethal I've Protector. ever seen the New Frontier ones. And I don't know if Mike knows they exist, but oh my gosh, we, we need those in the store. Yeah, we need to see about getting those in. <laughs> yeah. uh, that might be the last. Th- I think that's it for me in the catalog. What about you guys? One last thing. On page 115, Munchkin DuckTales. And I'm not normally a buy a licensed thing kind of guy, but I like Munchkin anyway. Have you ever played Munchkin before? No. Oh, man. I've played it, yeah. So fun. Uh, But I bought Munchkin Adventure Time, which I like because we love Adventure (laughs) Time, and Munchkin DuckTales. I don't even know how it's going to work, but I'm going to buy it. I bet you there's race cars, lasers, and hurricanes in it. There you go. Have they done a uh, Munchkin Wizard of Oz? I don't know if I know of. Why not? How can you not? Licensing. Time. Licensing, yeah. yeah. Licensing. Your good idea doesn't doesn't matter to the licensing department. Blank. Yeah. This is a very good idea, though. Blank covers. Hellblazer 1, Legion of Superheroes 1, Deadpool 1, Unsacred 1, Rye 1, Robin Hood 1. That's from uh, Xenoscope. And Vampire PA um, has a blank cover as well. 
Vampire PA, meaning the Vampire Physician's Assistant? Uh, I think it's a well, it's Vampire American mythology. It's American mythology, so I think it's like an old, old license. Oh, man, there was um, something crazy yeah. they had this month, too, I wanted to yeah. talk about, and uh, I forgot. Vampire Physician's Assistant, you guys look up. I, I don't know. I'm here, we'll look it's it not up, Vampire so. Production Assistant? How like it better as a physician assistant? So oh, there's I'm, a lot I'm of looking that blood. up, Dan. Uh, yes. What? Uh, which book is your um, buy it for investment recommendation? I'm gonna say Annihilation Scourge in the Fantastic Four Negative Zone miniseries. <laughs> okay, all right. Because okay. I'm gonna bet though that long term those tie into how they bring in Fantastic Four to yep. the MCU. I think having saying like they with their accident they got trapped in the Negative Zone. They've been gone in the negative zone for a while. Is a good way to bring those characters into the Marvel yep. movies without telling a needless origin story necessarily. I saw a fan theory, it was sort of like fan fictiony wish listing, and it was that you start with a flashback that shows Earth after the snap, and you show a government program that is like, "What if this happens again? We've got to find a place to save the human race." And that the Fantastic Four are explorers who mm. go looking for like a way to hide out from Thanos. They get lost in the negative zone. Then everyone sort of has other stuff, like right. dealing with half the world's gone, and and, and then it they just reappear. goes missing. And then they reappear after post snap, yeah. and their world is different. And that you know, so I, I think that's really great. Um, another theory I saw was similar, but it was, what if they go before the snap and the reason nobody can find them is because the person who's supposed to be watching them gets lost. Uh, so like they're trapped, oh, they're like, snap. hello, hello, and no one's answering, right. so they're lost in the negative zone. But I'm 100% with you. I, I would be stunned if the FF don't get written in via the negative zone. Yeah. And, and, and it also and means I mean, they don't have to be not? like teenagers or whatever. Yeah. You can have Reed have the gray hair and everything. Have, you can have John Hamm playing Reed Richards. Yep. You know. As, as, and you can have January Jones <laughs> as Sue. It'll be just like that. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna do a 60s sure go do it but yeah we'll see i found the vampire pa in the catalog there's like zero information about it so all right so until we hear like otherwise mm -hmm. oh yeah american mythology also has a laurel and hardy three stooges crossover comic <laughs> which why well, i guess <laughs> Why not? Why not? <laughs> so I don't know what I would pick for my investment books. I think Dan is really, uh, I, I agree with you on especially Annihilation. Uh, I think that's a solid book for down the road a little bit. I also think Philadelphia is a great pick. I think. Um, don't take them all. Sorry. Uh, I'm going to go with Folklords, which I said earlier. And then what's the Scott Snyder book? I can't remember the name of it already. Undiscovered oh, Country. Undiscovered Country. Undiscovered Country? Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought I was Again, getting that wrong. You just think that's a pitch. Yeah. I think anytime you get something that may be the next big thing from Image, that's a safe bet. Mm -hmm. And I think these days, boom is kind of what Image was five years ago, where their stuff is high quality, but it has low print runs, and it's very pitchable as a movie. Yeah. Image is Image is sufficiently large now and knows their market that they, they're not printing things in, in small quantities where they were like Saga. Right. You know, number one is hard to get just because Image wasn't making a lot of them back then. Um, and Boom is kind of still in that printing in the low thousands. I mean, they've printed Once in Future number one six times now. Yeah, and know? it's good. <laughs> I think Folklords is a great great pick for the book that gets a second printing before the first printing hits the shelf. Mm. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen with Philadelphia or, uh, or undiscovered country, but I do think those will go to second printings. I don't think it's going to be sold out before it hit the shelf. Though. I right. think they'll print enough of those to go, but I think those are all solid picks. 
I'm gonna go with Far Sector number one just because it's a new Green Lantern. That's a good point. So yeah, and and it's gonna be a mainstream popular book that's probably not gonna be ordered enough yeah. to yep. match the people who come in looking for something who aren't normal comic fans. It's a very good point. Well, keeping with that, that is the book I'm most excited for in this catalog is Far Sector. I really want to see an expansion of the Green Lantern universe. I think you know that is a property that needs to be expanded. We need more new concepts for that. It should be way out there more than it is, you know so far i'm excited about every book that i listed as a as an investment book uh, honestly i'm not gonna not trying to toot my own horn or anything but i wouldn't recommend somebody buy a book for an investment that i didn't think was also gonna be a good read uh, i just think that's a waste of time yeah um, <laughs> yeah but no, I uh, but i think I just, far, i'm just, really looking forward to just on reading level i'm really looking forward yeah, to far collecting side. in general i don't understand people who don't read these things i mean i get it i just i wouldn't recommend it to to a wide audience i would recommend it to somebody who was in it solely for the collecting but i mean i assume that people who are listening are comic readers too mm-hmm. the way we are you know both of the people who listen right yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you both i'm looking forward to um the new garth Ennis punisher run yep. yeah yeah and i'm looking forward to dragonfly and dragonfly man yep you know, so I'm, I'm looking, looking forward, forward to, to another second coming issue i'm looking forward to legion <laughs> uh legion millennium's out today well you know today, today slash tomorrow yeah. This. yeah uh and i'm really looking forward to, i'm hoping that's good so uh i'm i'm very optimistic about legion all right, I think we're done. I think that's it for everybody good. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. So that'll wrap it up for us. Uh, so this is the September catalog for stuff coming out in November. Uh, if you heard anything you're interested in, let us know by, by September 25th. Again, we're here at 816 East Main Street, Suite B. Our phone number is 618-457-6011. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'm Dan Brown. I'm online at Detective651 on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Matt Martin. I'm at Wookie Copilot on everything, and that includes video game platforms. <laughs> Scott, Scott Reed, you can find me at BurgComics.com, B-U-R-G Comics.com. Uh, we have coming up, what, uh, September 29th and 30th, uh, SalukiCon. Yeah. Um, Weekend before that, September 21st, we have oh, Batman Day right. here in the store. We're going to have uh, some writers day. and artists, some cosplayers. We've got a Batman coming, everybody, so... Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear any more complaints like last year. You get in here and you see Batman. Hang out. Have a good time. And it looks like there's going to be quite a few uh, cosplayers available for photo opportunities that day. Yeah. So in addition, I think Justin Holman's going to be here, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, he will be. Um, do I don't want to. I don't want to guarantee anybody else. I know right. there's talk of some more people. Uh, we're definitely going to have more people in here. I don't want to name names right, right now. Right. And again, we'll be updating this on Facebook and Twitter, or just come in and hang out. We mm-hmm. can talk about oh, it yeah. too. Yeah, you know, absolutely. there's always that. Um, so I think that's it yeah, for just, now. We have uh, Saluki Comic Con mm-hmm. coming up, and then uh, I just uh, you know this will be episode 51. So I would encourage anybody who has not listened to episode 50 oh, yeah. to go back in the podcast feed and listen to episode 50, super special uh, episode where we all get the opportunity to interview Dennis McCord. And uh, I think it's pretty good. Matter of fact, we've just been getting some feedback on it. So I was going to say, we uh, just got some messages yeah, while we were recording. Yeah, so oh, nice. there's actually at least one person that, who besides us who's listened to it already. Who said he uh, got a little choked up. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, go back and listen to episode 50. And uh, this is the second episode where we have the new intro music from and outro music from Deppy and Tyler Wright. Right, yeah. So, yeah, so we'll mention them one more time. That's it. Yeah. We're done. Mention them. Yeah, that's it. We fulfilled our <laughs> right, obligation. There you go. Right. They get two mentions. Check, uh, check them out. They, we love our you know theme song. They yeah, work very hard on that. Mm-hmm. They're fantastic. I just made my wife listen to it again the other day when we were starting the episode 50, and she uh, said the same thing. She's like, it's legit. It's a very professional Oh, song. yeah. I, yeah, I, it's I, good. I, yep. I love it. it makes I think it's us fantastic. look like we know what we're doing. <laughs> and not just three schmoes sitting around a comic book store <laughs> at a table. Uh, so I think that's it. Uh, come back next time. We'll be talking about some more fun 
on stuff or come by the store anytime. And not just three schmoes sitting around a comic book store at a table.